Did you know that this podcast is a part of the Jayzo Modcast Podcast Network? Chances are, if you enjoy this show, you'll find other great podcasts on the network, too. The Jayzo Modcast Network offers you a choice of shows seven days a week, starting with Monday. Join Rebecca C. Lofgren, Aaron Illick, and David K. Montoya in Seeing Red. The trio dive deep down the rabbit hole each week with a combination of geek and weird news. Then on Tuesdays, join the boys from the Great White North, Mike Lutz, Rob Bellamy, and Jason Beckard in the movie Madhouse as they bring you everything Hollywood and more. On Wednesdays, Reaper Rick's Tree Frog Expose Cafe, where he crosses the line of limits as he gives us news that is unforgettable and personal views that you'll definitely remember as well. Spend Thursdays with Jim Bennett and Nick McKelvey as they join forces in American Fat Ass Podcast to talk about various topics from news, sports, to their personal lives, all the while with a humorous slant in an unapologetic fashion. Fridays, Rob Bellamy is joined with Mike Lutz as they jump in the Wayback Machine to explore the archives of the JZO Modcast to give you three hours of audio entertainment in Flashback Fridays. Saturdays, join JZO Modcast founder David K. Montoya as he explores the world for a single of Who's the Boss? Then Sundays, finish the week with What We Think with hosts S. Sadie Burbank and David K. Montoya as they tell us exactly what they think about pop culture, celebrities, and the world at large, with a ton of vulgarity mixed in for good measure. The JZO Modcast Podcast Network. We've got what you want seven days a week for free. Listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher, or like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And don't forget to check us out at jazomon.com slash jazomodcast. And now enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. And another episode of Flashback Fridays hey, is here. Hey, look at that. It's neat when you turn the volume up. It's a waveform. We've been looking for that. <laughs> we were doing our show for the deaf previously. Wow. Yeah. Because there was no sound. No, no. I said, even the blind were going, what are they doing? <laughs> yep. So, this uh, uh, only we knew. episode of Flashback Friday is brought to you by Service Animals of uh, North exactly. America. Dogs that operate this better than we are. <laughs> Dogs yeah. are shaking their head, going, "Come on, guys! The professional DJ <laughs> over there. What? Where's all the sound? No sound. No sound. Don't need no sound for no show. No. <sighs> this is the imagination show. Yeah. You make it up in your head. Oh, that could be trouble. <laughs> yeah, you don't need an explicit tag if it's in your head. Yeah, I do. <laughs> oh, damn. Okay. <laughs> well, our first show today is one of the old shows. Oh, okay. when in Burbank. Oh. This is number 15 from April of 2013. It's called, Would You Like to Make an Appointment? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, this week, Sadie and Dave talk about health care and how some health insurances do not want you to come in until you're ill, while others are trying to get you in as much as possible. Absolutely. Yes. Now, 
I don't know where this is, but I read there's some places in Europe that you only pay a doctor if you're healthy. Okay. Yes, because if you're healthy, they're doing their job. Ah, so that's the angle I see. Okay. Yes. Ah, all right. Which would be kind of cool if you think about it. Although the bills would rack up if you're not really a sick person. <laughs> well, it's the the health maintenance. That's what they uh, are are shooting for. They mm-hmm. said you got a problem, reduce it as quick as you possibly can. He's healthy. From X to Y, bam, doctor's getting paid. Mm-hmm. Keep getting sick, bad doctor. Exactly. So, I wonder if that would work in here in uh, well, you know, Canada. Because we're not from the states. I, I, <laughs> Why are we saying that secretly into the microphones? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's listen to the show, and maybe they can tell us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Please start the show. Okay. Welcome to Win in Burbank. I'm David K. Montoya, and I am S. Sadie Burbank. How are you doing this week? <laughs> I'm very good, thank you. How are you? You know, I'm enjoying the weather. To be oh, honest with I you. No. But you know what? You know that little weather thing on my computer? Mm-hmm. Guess what it's showing for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Snow. No, but rain. Oh. And it's going to drop like today was what? Close to 70? Yeah. Anyhow? Yeah. And it's supposed to go down to the 40s and 50s again or 50s and 60s or some crap. Really? Yeah. Because yeah. we actually turned off the heater. I had the front door open. I had the mm-hmm. back door oh, open. Oh, me too. I had doors open and... Warm things going on. My daffodils are up. They're about mm, that high. Four, what is that? Five inches? About four to five. <laughs> four guys, ten inches high. Daffodil leaves. Okay. The yellow right. things haven't come up yet. It's about four to five inches. Yeah. And um, it's pretty. Oh, and my plum tree finally decided to bloom. Remember, your wife was taking pictures of your blooming peaches or whatever. Yeah, we have a peach. And tree. I was like, "What's blooming at your house?" Because nothing's blooming <laughs> here, but poisoned some uh, squirrels. Oh, for the <laughs> for the for the listeners who are very anti uh, hurting animals in the world. I'm sorry, but you know when Ernie plants a garden and the damn squirrels come and eat it all before it has a chance. I mean, last year he put pepper plants in the garden, right? Mm-hmm. The next morning, all the leaves had been munched off. I mean, uh, come on. I told him, I said, if you're going to feed the squirrels, just go buy heads of lettuce and throw them out in the yard. Why bother planting? <laughs> For reals. You know. So, um, and he was blaming it on my bunnies, because I have bunnies in my front yard. But by actual observation, those bunnies don't eat the garden. Those bunnies sit in my front yard and eat dead grass. I have seen them do it by the hour. Really? It's the strangest thing you ever saw. They just sit there and munch these little tufts of brown stuff by the hours. I never see them in the backyard eating anything. They're it's always in the front yard, and they eat the little dead green, uh, dead grasses, weeds and stuff. I don't know why, but that's what I see them eating. So I maintain it's the squirrels. <laughs> so we've got this stuff. It's poison, and you're supposed to put it in cantaloupe. Rind, nice ooky rotten cantaloupe rind, and put it out where they all find it because they're very attracted to the rotten cantaloupe rind. Mm. They eat the cantaloupe rind, and along with it, the poison, and then they go off somewhere and die an agonizing, <laughs> gutless wonder dead. 
But then they're gone. Right. And it's either that or a trap. And I figure, I don't know. Well, actually, the poison's probably less humane. But I don't have to watch it. I just want to get rid of the damn squirrels. If they would leave, I would leave them alone. It's not like I'm hunting squirrels. Right. But they've... And and don't tell me I came to their place because this was my <laughs> place first. I lived there first. I lived there since 1985, and I guarantee you there isn't a single squirrel that's there that was there in 1984. I promise you that <laughs> because that would be the oldest fucking squirrel in the world, and there are no old squirrels. Right. So anyhow. So no no Peter Pickett. Well, yeah, please. You know what? In fact, come on. I, I was gonna say let's. Yeah, let's go ahead and welcome the Peter Pickett. Well, certainly, maybe I welcome anybody. I, I was gonna say maybe they'll put Jason Mon up on the you know on the website. Maybe Jason Mon hates squirrels. I can live with that. I, you know, the thing is, uh, I don't eat them, although I could. Right. Okay. Uh, and and like I said, if they would leave my garden alone, I would leave them alone. I'd even feed the little fuckers. But no, they want to come and chew up my garden, and I don't think that just letting them burrow under the, uh, what is that, shuffleboard court in the backyard is, uh, I don't think that them eating my garden is appropriate compensation for the privilege of burrowing under my shuffleboard. Right. So, um, if they come up with something better, I'll let them stay. Otherwise. So you kill the little bastards. Kill the motherfuckers. (laughs) Don't like squirrels. (laughs) Don't like him because Ernie works really, really hard on the garden every right. year. He t- rototills, he brings in bags of chicken shit and bags of other stuff, and he mushes it up in the garden. He works really hard. He loves to do it, but I mean, you know, he works hard at it. And he right. plants the plants and everything. And then the squirrel comes and goes, Thanks a lot, folks! <laughs> Calls his friends in, and they all munch away, and then. We don't have a garden, so I, anyhow, um, we're, we're in the process. Of, he then he then he filled in their hole right with dirt, because that's the only way you know if they're around. Because right. I mean, they could be visiting the neighbors for all we know. Um, and so he filled in the, the the dirt in the hole, and so this morning he went out to check, and there had been no activity at the hole. <laughs> so either they weren't in there in the first place when he put the dirt in the hole. Right. Or they don't want to come out. And there's only one reason a squirrel wouldn't want to come out of his hole. Because they're feet up. Because <laughs> he <laughs> doesn't know he can anymore. <laughs> so anyhow, um, yeah, spring is trying to spring at our house. And I'm I'm all too ready for it as far as that goes. I've, I've really kind of had enough winter. I'm, yeah, you know, I, I agree. I it messes with my fibro really, really bad. Anyhow, so you know, I'm, I can only just take so many months of being in agonizing aches and pains, and then I gotta get a little relief. Well, so. that and where we live in this part of Southern California, you the winters suck and the summers are horrible. I was gonna say the summers suck too. <laughs> you know, so the only nice, you know, nice spring is spring and fall. Yeah, totally. And, and actually, here in the high desert, the best time of the year, I think, is fall. I, I have to agree. Well, I don't know, though. I'm real fond of spring because of the lilacs. Right. I have a thing for lilac bushes. And I have lilac bushes at my house. And so every every spring that I get to 
smell the lilacs once more. I say a little prayer. Thank you, God, for letting me live long enough to smell the lilacs once more. I, when I was a kid, we lived in Spokane. They have a, or used to have, I suppose they still do, a lilac festival every year. I, mean, I think they have it in May. Um, but then it's, you know, further north, higher altitude and whatnot. Right. And so they bloom later, right? Anyhow, um, I grew up liking lilacs, and I love the fragrance, and so I, I enjoy that about spring. And I like daffodils for the same reason. I like the newness of the, you know, leaves popping out and all that kind of stuff. That's cool. Fall is cool for a whole lot of other reasons, and just as nice, but as far as the weather and comfort is concerned, I'm with you. Spring and fall are it. Yeah. You know, because then we top out at like 70, 82, (laughs) you know, drop down to 65 at night. That's easy. Because when I say the high desert, the key word in that, folks, is desert. Yeah, not high. Because here, see, in Albuquerque... They have high desert there too. Uh-huh. They're talking twenty five hundred feet higher. Okay, when I when I used to talk to friends of ours in Albuquerque about being in the high desert here, they said, well, "What's the altitude?" And I said, "Well, we're about thirty two in our house." You know, they were <laughs> oh really? <laughs> <laughs> um, but for here, it's high desert. Right. It's not exactly high desert, but like you say, the key word is desert, and it is desert. And and for the ones that haven't quite figured it out. The higher elevation, the cooler the temperature. <laughs> yeah. Just, just throw that yeah. out there. As a rule. Uh, as uh, a rule. And oddly enough, in the summertime, apparently the hotter. Yeah. Well, no, that's not true because it's hotter in Pop Springs and they're lower in altitude. It's way, way hotter than we are. And plus and it's humid. <laughs> plus I was going to say, we, you know, we can get up to a hundred and teens, you know. Yeah. And they're in hundred thir- twenties. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my it's God. Worse. I, I, I would. humid. I wouldn't want to leave my house. No, no, you wouldn't, and I don't suppose they do much. You know, I don't know actually. I, I pity people who live there without enough money to afford air conditioning. <laughs> you know, in their houses and their cars and whatnot. Because, and I mean, let's face it, we all of us not long ago lived that way. You know, the advent of air conditioning is really. Fairly recent. It's certainly within my lifetime. <clears throat> I can remember when we didn't have air conditioning. We had heaters, sort of. I remember when central heat, what they called central heat, became a, an item. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, before that we had, well, we had cold heaters, uh, sawdust up in Spokane, and uh, not Spokane, in Washington State. Where I grew up, we had sawdust heaters, you know, very big furnaces. And you shoveled sawdust in them and burned sawdust, and that's how you got your heat. Produced your heat, uh-huh. Yeah, and then little outlets through the house, you know, and then they came up with central heat, which was electronic and centrally located in the house, hence the name. And, uh, you know, life was good. And then air conditioning came along, and life was sublime. After that, although I don't turn my air on very much in the summer, I try no. to keep it well because you know the electric company just grins all over the place yeah. when it gets hot. They're just like, "Yeah, money." <laughs> Speaking of money, and I, I was 
you know, we always usually talk about something in the news. Mm-hmm. And there's two things in the news. And since you brought up money, uh, in California, we're getting ready to have our election period. And they're... Again, we got to go through all that again. Yeah. We just had an election. Huh? And um, election. they're trying to pass Proposition A. What's that one? Proposition A is going to raise the state sales tax again. Again. What are we now? Seven and five eighths or something? No, we're we're at we're at eight, eight. now. That's we are right. at eight. We yeah, go to eight. Yeah. <clears throat> now we're gonna go at eight and a quarter, probably. And I I don't know, you know, as far as other states, but I honestly think if we have not surpassed them. We're pretty damn close. Plus, did you New see York. three and a half cents more gallon for gas, for gas tax? Yes, is going to go in, and I'm pretty sure that's just state. I don't think anybody else in the country is doing that. But well, us. yeah, as soon as you hit Vegas, it drops a dollar. Oh, I know, I know. That's why we get, you know, we're going to Vegas. Yeah, have to spend an arm and a leg to get there, but man, it's going to be free coming home. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> the gas is so cheap there, by comparison to us. Yeah. And um, I, I don't know. It's just. <laughs> well, anyhow, so they're going to pass Prop A and raise they're gonna, sales tax. Yeah, they're going to try to pass Prop A. Well, at, in a way, I guess of all the taxes they could raise, I prefer sales tax over some of the others because at least if I don't want to pay the tax, all I have to do is just not buy something. Right. Yeah. Well, my question is, is at what point is the government going to step in? Because as soon as you raise the sales tax, it's just, it, it happens every time. You know, especially if you raise a significant amount, the the purchases are going to drop. Yeah, and, only for a while. It, it, you know, people will only not buy for a while, and then they'll forget, and then they'll go back to doing it again. You know. <clears throat> I mean, you got to have stuff. Right. Okay. Just, just, and I don't even want to say this out loud for fear that somebody will hear it and go, ooh, that's a good idea. But just be glad they're not charging tax on food yet. Yeah. Okay. I think if they ever do that, we're all going to be in much better shape because we'll go on diets. <laughs> that's true. Uh, that's very true. And what was the other thing? Um, WBC, and I'm not talking white blood count um wbc the westboro baptist church have you heard of them i probably have but they're the the jerk offs that picket um funerals and stuff (laughs) for what for have somebody having the audacity to die what it's their main thing is is against homosexual homosexuals and what the fuck does that have to do with funerals? But that's okay. For example, this is where they came out. This, this is how they kind of made their Was name. Was that a Freudian slip? Yeah, they came, they came out. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. I'm I'm trying hard to stay serious here. In in the early part of 2000, when we were in, um, you know, the Afghan Pakistan. Iraqi war, you know, we were having a lot of soldiers being killed and being Uh sent home. Uh How they made their name and became famous is that there was one particular um, soldier, he gave his life. He literally sacrificed his life so his platoon would live. Uh But it came out that he was gay. And they showed up at his funeral. 
holding signs like, you know, God hates fags and, and um, you know. That's fucking insane. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's how they made. I, in fact, President. Who would, o- give them, who would give them an inch of type on an, in a newspaper? Oh, they were on the news and they're constantly in the media. Uh, um, okay, in, so in anyway. fact, President Obama um, has just changed because they're no longer considered a religious organization. Good. I they're, hope they put them in a taxable status. Yeah, they Good. they are now actually considered a hate group. Yeah, if not they worse. are labeled if a not hate worse. Group. Anyway, uh, terrorists too. If you ask the me. Phelps family is is Michael the, Phelps. The swimming person? No, 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 no. Oh, another oh, Phelps. Not yeah. that one, folks. Okay. Uh, Fred Phelps. Oh, Fred Phelps. Uh, you got to watch those Phelps. <laughs> he's actually. Fred Phelps. He's the the leader. You're the tell the me main. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. He's he's the he's the honcho. Yeah, he's the main <laughs> pastor. The jefe, as they say in this part of the country. And um, pretty much what his church consists of now. Is essentially his family. Um, he's yeah. he's roughly around your age, so he's got his 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 kids, their kids, kids, and their kids' kids' kids. <laughs> um, you know, and they all take part of this. Well, the the granddaughter Megan Phelps, she was actually they were looking at her. To, because Fred Phelps is, is getting older and he's actually becoming ill, they were actually looking at her, the granddaughter, to take over as the the main pastor in the church. Mm. Well, this week, um, she quit the church. Good for her. And that was a religious a, reasons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she she I'm came. Sorry, I you know I support anyone's right to their <laughs> religious expression. But this is insane. This isn't religion. I'm sorry. I don't care. You know, you, you can you can call painting on the walls with finger paint religion. Right. That doesn't make it so. Right. It doesn't make it real. So, that was kind of a, a big. Oh, I'm glad she ding. quit. I'm glad she quit. I, I hope they all do poorly, and bite their tongues at dinner. Um, I know you're not big on listening. Because I know you, you know you, you talked about having problems hearing, but uh, <laughs> that's not my problem tonight. I'm just in a quirky mood. Tonight. No, 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 no. But I mean, um, Reaper Rick mm-hmm. actually did a whole um, podcast uh, about the WBC. See if I'd listened, I'd have known all that, wouldn't I? Have? And then I'd have been informed. Oh well. So and that's but pretty... it just made me mad. Oh, he was pissed. Groups like that irritate the crap out of me. I can't tell you. It actually, he said it took him like 48 hours to to calm down and come back and finish the other half of his podcast. I don't doubt it a bit. I don't doubt it a bit because it's just, uh, well, God bless President Obama for putting him in their place. I think that was the smart, intelligent, right thing to do. And... um, well, see, and I don't talk about my my uh, my political stances, and, and I just I just don't go there. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But um, there was actually a petition signed, or a petition put out to to label these guys as a hate group, take away their nonprofit yeah. organization status. Yeah. Well, that's appropriate. And I actually signed I both. Would have, I'd have signed it 
in a heartbeat. I would have. Though I did consider signing the Death Star petition. But I did. <laughs> yeah, okay, well. <laughs> going, going back a few episodes on that yeah. one. <laughs> but I didn't sign that one. But I did sign, you know, the one about the Westboro. Okay, so okay. that that was pretty much it with the news and everything else. You know, they, We didn't talk about, remember I cut it out for last time. We didn't talk about last time. The decision made by USPS to end Saturday, Saturday deliveries. Mill. Yes, that's right. We did forget that. And uh, I asked my delivery man a couple of days ago what it looked like in terms of how soon was that going to be happening, and he didn't know, but he said, I said, uh, it, it's going to be hard for you guys because you're going to be losing like a day of work or either that or, you know, you're going to have to be doing a day's worth of something else. Right. You know, that they probably aren't wanting to do. You know, most of those guys, I think, like their jobs. Yeah. What's to hate? Drive around, stick mail in a box, drive around, stick mail in a box. But um, he said, yeah, he, he was very concerned because apparently some 290,000 families... 290,000. ...are going to be adversely affected by the decision. Wow. So, um, you know, I, I, the thing is, like... Two years ago, I said something to our mail carrier that we had then. We, uh-huh. did, we have different ones all the time because we're on what they call a training route. Mm-hmm. Just about the time they know what they're doing, they put them off someplace else and we get the newbies again. <laughs> nice. Yeah, we had one last uh, Saturday. I think the mail got there at 7 p.m. Well, right before so, you came over. Yeah. Um, and you always come over at, at 7, seven o'clock. o'clock. Right. Um so it was right before we started dinner. So it was about six thirty ish maybe. Yeah. I ran out and checked my mail says it ran. Hadn't got there yet, mm-hmm. yeah. Well anyhow, the um uh, I had told our mailman a couple of years ago, I said How come every Friday you guys give me a piece of mail? I get a letter or I get a bill or I get a uh, handbill, you know, um, what do they call handbills these days? They don't call them handbills. Um, you know, like the stater ad and stuff like that. The advertisements. Yeah, the advertising, <coughs> advertising pages. Um, I get those, uh, one of those or something, or a mag or something like that in the mail. That's it. Right. And I said, I said, what are they trying to do? Try to convince me that they don't, that we don't need mail delivered on, uh, one day a week? And he said, yeah, I said, I think that's exactly what they're up to. Because he says he said there's it's always a light day, always a light day, and it's not the the delivery guys doing it. It's you know because they they put in their car what's, truck rather yeah, what's been loaded what's what's been designated as their delivery load for the day. So somebody somewhere is withholding mail to make Friday. I don't know why they picked Friday to make it a light day when it's actually Saturday that they're going to drop. Right. But um, I noticed it two years ago, and it was consistent. Uh, you know, Ernie, come home. Was there any mail today? I go, yeah, the usual Friday stuff. It's you know that one thing there. <laughs> you know, maybe sometimes we get two things, but most of the time just one. Whatever, whatever, whether you know whether I was just being paranoid or not, and I don't think I was. 
in fact, now they are going to drop. We don't know yet when or how soon. Uh, but it's probably going to be before the end of the year. Mm. They're going to drop Saturday service. And I think it's nationwide. I, you know, it's not just California. Right. You know. And it's it's sad because, uh, like you said, 290,000 families um, are either going to have way significantly uh, cut hours or, in fact, lose their jobs in, entirely, and they'll redistribute the workload among the remaining employees. You know, which when you go to work for the rights. government, you don't think you're going to get, you know. It, it used to, be, used to be a government job was the most secure thing you could get. You know, Not you get, so much you get, anymore. You get work for the government, you get a good steady income, great benefits, and you got that job till you don't want it anymore. Or you retire. Or that. Uh, or you kill somebody and they, <laughs> and they catch you. But I'm not. that's not so and hasn't been for a long, long time. So, uh, and, and, and maybe that's not a bad thing. I don't know. When was the last time you went to a government agency and had to deal with the bureaucratic responses face-to-face that sometimes one gets in those agencies. Believe it or not, it was it was only a couple weeks ago. Yeah? Yes. I had to go to the Social Security office. And were, was everybody in, in within your eye shot and ear shot actually working and doing a job? Of course they of were. Of course they were. Yeah, no, I know. I had so, an appointment and still waited two hours to be seen. Oh, I don't have that. I love that. I, I, I love... Yeah. I love having an appointment and then still having to wait. Yeah, well, now here's here's an interesting thing though. I had um, in September had to get my license renewed. Uh huh. So here in this area, you have a choice. You well, two or three choices. You can go to the DMV in Victorville. Uh huh. And knit an afghan during the time you're waiting. <laughs> Or you can go to Barstow, an hour's drive away, and get in and out pretty much half an hour's time. Or you can make an appointment for Victorville. So I made an appointment. And I walked in past 60 people standing in line. Walked right up to the waiting spot for people with appointments. Right. And it's funny because they're like, together, right? Beside me was the non-appointment opening uh-huh. and my line appointment opening. And the lady looked up at me and said, you have an appointment? And I said, yes, and started to walk towards her. And the guy beside me is going, what, you mean you got to have an appointment just to get in line? Or something like that, you know, brilliant yeah. reaction to the whole thing. <laughs> and she said, yes, sir, this line is for point- people with appointments. You can make them online and blah, 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 blah. And I said, it's really easy. I said, you know, went on up and got through the whole thing in, in gym quack time. It was great. Really? So, yeah. Um, now, I'm sure that the people who didn't have appointments were all very disgruntled by those of us who did that went in front of them because they'd been standing there for a long, long time. Uh, but it's, you know, make it easy on yourself. Call up. You can even make the appointments online, which is easy to do, and they call you back and confirm your appointment, or they'll email you and confirm your appointment and everything, and it works very smoothly. First time I've seen a government operation actually work. Really? I have to say, I was I was shocked because the DMV in this state is notorious for its inability to function properly. 
You know, when, years ago when we lived in Albuquerque, we moved to Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. We had out-of-state driver's licenses, had just moved there, had an address in Albuquerque, and that was all. Right. Went into the DMV in Albuquerque, and 15, I kid you not, 15 minutes later, walked out with plasticized New Mexico driver's licenses. Really? That that 15 minutes. And wasn't like it, we were the only people there. There were people coming and going all over the place. Very busy. Huge office. Huge office. Makes Victorville look like a playground. I mean, uh, it's a very big office. But it's okay. well organized. Yeah. 15 minutes and I had the thing in my hand. Okay. Ernie went down and applied for his license. He went to Bar- uh, to Barstow because we didn't know about the appointment thing, or he didn't want to mess with it. I don't remember now which. Anyhow, he went to get his driver's license. We went to Barstow. Four months later, he still hadn't gotten it in the mail. Really? And I said, for God's sake, call him. You know, Ernie's one of those, oh, yeah, hon, when they get around to right. it, okay. I said, honey, it's been four fucking months for crying out loud. You know, you're going to get a ticket now. We're driving without a license. Right. So, okay. I said, I'll call him if you want. No, I'll call Because he hates to talk to people he doesn't know on the telephone. He's so shy. Anyway, so he finds out <clears throat> that there's been a glitch. And his eye exam apparently didn't follow the rest of the application once it was placed. And so there... They're sitting there waiting for him to have another eye exam. The fact that they didn't tell anybody that seemed to elude them. You know, they didn't say anything to us about him needing another eye exam. They didn't say, have you wondered why you're not getting your license yet? Well, here's why. Nothing. Negative. Nothing. 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 Not a word. Until he called and said, what the fuck is up with my driver's license? That makes me... So then we go back to Barstow again. Right. And he takes the driver's thing again, the eye test again. He didn't have to take a test, test, but he had to take his eye test. And then it was still, I think it was three or four weeks. Still even after that. Yeah, before he got his license. When it came, he did have it, but... You know, so we were like, he was like six months. Without a license. Waiting to get his license. Fifteen minutes in Albuquerque. Now, tell me that hasn't got something to do with the organizational skills (laughs) of this government operations in the state of California. (laughs) Tell me it's some other reason. I don't believe it. It's. But you can try. No, it, everything is fucked up in it's California. It's so messed up. My kid has, uh, I, uh, what the fuck is it called? What is it? Low in, uh, oh, L-I-H-P. Low Income Health Protection. Okay. Okay? Because he hasn't got a pot to piss in. <clears throat> so he, he goes to apply. I don't even want to go into all of the hoops they made him jump through. His former girlfriend, with whom he is friends, uh, helped him with the process. Because she's 
she's real good at that. She worked for a while for a government agency, so she knows how to navigate through the maze. The red tape. Yeah, all that crap. So she helped him get the forms filled out, <clears throat> get his application made. He got his coverage. Everything is wonderful. <clears throat> Excuse me. So he goes in for a checkup. And I gave him a list. I said, tell me you want this and this and this and this and this and this and this checked. Okay. And then when they're done with that, you want that, 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 and that. And so he goes in. <laughs> he calls me up and I go, so how'd it go? And he goes, well, he said, you know, all those tests that you told me I should get? And I go, yeah, you know, they're all to make sure you don't have this or this or this problem. You know. Right. Get your prostrate, prostate. Prostate. You always get those two words. PSA. Yeah. Uh, get that tested, get, you know, this and this and this tested. Make sure you're, you know, because he's a big boy now. You know, we have to make sure everything works. And uh, he says, well, he says, the funny thing is, they don't do any of that. He said, apparently, they don't really want to know if you have a problem because then they have to deal with it. So he said, if you go in there and you say, my nuts hurt, you know, then they're going to say, well, maybe we'd better check your PSA. Yeah. You know, but if you just go in and say, I'm almost 48 years old, do you think I should have my PSA checked? They go, well, is it hurting? (laughs) Do you have a problem? You know, and you go, well, no. And you go, well, then, (laughs) you know, I mean, it's, it's worse than an ostrich. It's like, you know, just... If it doesn't hurt, it doesn't exist. Right. Like, that works only so far as we all know. <laughs> you know, the like breast CA, for example. Yeah. You know, how how you could be stage four and a half before you start hurting from breast CA. Um, and a lot of other really deadly issues, you know. <clears throat> but he said, I said, well, okay, so just tell them your nuts hurt. <laughs> and... Have him check it. He says, yeah, I was thinking about doing that, you know. But he's doing a bunch of... But 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 this is a bureaucratic response to their, their, their job. Right. You know, it's like, who was it that said, now don't ask them if they need this or this or this done. Let them tell you what hurts and then deal with that. Who's, who, where did that come from? A, a CEO executive. Maybe, know, maybe idea. not. Maybe it came from the government. Maybe they said, look, you know, if you if you start setting up a bunch of tests, we're going to have to pay for them. We don't have the money for it. So don't go there, for God's sake. Wait till you have a problem and then deal with that. I can just hear them. Can't you? At a big meeting of some yeah. sort? Oh, yeah. And we all know how how smart it is to... Wait until something's wrong. Of course, yeah. Wait till it hurts, and then and then have it taken out. Uh huh. And what was this called? What was the? This is called low income health protection or health plan. Okay. Something like that, and it's uh, part of the now government we, at work. We have Jaden. His he is his health plan is um, IEHP. Yeah. Yeah. Which is Inner, Inland, Inland, Empire. Inland Empire Health Program. Right, yeah. And we're on the kind that, you know, we, we pay the... Yeah. The, well, see, um, Bob doesn't pay nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he may he may have minimal co-pay, but it's minimal. You know, and it's a dollar there, you know. And see, with the, I, the IEHP, I like. Yeah. I, I've had no problems with his doctor, you know, accepting it. And he has a very good... 
a pediatrician. Well, they're probably looking to protect his health. Right. Now, on the other hand, we, we, Ernie and I, we have Kaiser, okay? And they're just at you all the time. Are you sure you haven't had your whatnot (laughs) checked lately? Because we think you should have your whatnot checked on account of we got to get 10 bucks from you when you come in and have your whatnot checked. And we'd just love to have you come, you know, and they're just at you all the time. All the time. They, he got letters. He got, well, first he got a phone call. Uh, and <clears throat> he's due for his um, A1C test. And which, that is a blood sugar test. That's for, because he's diagnosed diabetic. Right. And I said, are you sure? This doesn't seem like it's been that long. Well, then he gets a letter. And our records indicate that you haven't had your A1C checked, and then you have to have your feet checked, too, because you're diabetic, you know. Well, that's crap, because not every diabetic has foot issues. Right. And he doesn't. And then it said on the next page, Oh, and by the way, are you due for your annual physical checkup with your OPO, or whatever they call them, your primary? PCP. That. OPO, PCP. I thought PCP was a drug. It is, it is yeah. but it's primary care physician. <laughs> I wonder if there's a reason why those both are the same officials. <laughs> well, anyway. The same result. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Uh, so anyhow, I called him up, and I said, come on, what is this shit? I looked back on his, you know, because Kaiser's got this cool thing. Mm-hmm. You can go online. You have your own medical record online. It's just amazing. I mean, really, it's cool, because you can go on and you can check your drugs. <clears throat> You can reorder online. You check all your all the medications that you take. It tells you if they're available or not. Script numbers. Order them. Ching, ching, ching. Charge it. Send it. It's great. Uh, and past visits. Uh-huh. Past um, tests. Most of them are there for you to look at, okay, which is cool. Uh, and so I went and I looked. He had his last A1C done in April last year. Mm-hmm. And his last uh, visit with the primary was uh, May. This is still, well, it was. We're in April now. It was. No, we're not. No, we're we're not. We're We're in in March. Oh, well, we're in April, but this was in March. Right. And it was actually February when I was talking to the babe. And I said, now, I said, there's only two reasons I can think of for this letter coming out. And you don't want to hear what I think the first reason is. But I think the second reason, in all fairness, might be that it's real hard to get an appointment. And so you're you're telling me this now so that I can call and book an appointment in the time frame that you know is really going to be available. Is that it? Uh, well, um, you know, and I, she says, well, I think I can get him in and... Um, um, the end of March, I said, no, I think you can get him in in the middle of April. He doesn't need to see you. He's fine. Right. He doesn't need to have his A1C checked. He's on minimal medication. His diabetes is more of a pre-diabetic condition than an actual diabetic condition, and it's well-controlled. So there isn't any need to have... Well, I just don't know. And I said, well, she says, would you like me to send out some paperwork about these different disease processes? I said, honey, I'm a retired respiratory therapist. I know more about diabetes than you do. You don't need to send me anything. <laughs> just book the freaking appointment for April. And he'll go two weeks ahead of time, and he'll get his A1C tested. 
Oh, and he's not going to do the 72-hour alcohol fast along with it. For some reason, they've decided now that 72 hours before your blood test, you should lay off alcohol. Why? Yeah. Well, I told Ernie, I said, you know, that might be. It is possible because we know that alcohol puts hidden sugars in the bloodstream. Right. It might be that it, um, I won't say adversely affects, but let's say it pushes the A1C into an area you'd rather not go. Right, right. So if you lay off the alcohol, you know, but then on the other hand, if your body can't deal with alcohol any better than that, then you should know about it, right? Right, absolutely. So I don't know. But anyhow, they've decided you should lay off alcohol. So I told him, I said, well, do that, because then your A1C will look even better. And then they'll really be off your case for a while, because it drives us crazy. They're, I mean, every time he he tests his, his blood sugar, which is nowhere near as often as they want it tested, but it's certainly often enough, you know, again, he's asymptomatic. That doesn't mean anything, because you can be asymptomatic with diabetes, too. Right. I understand that. Um but every time he tests, it's fine. So, anyway, long story short, she said, well, because the letter ended with, you know, he must get these tests done before, you know, 30 days, within 30 days of receipt of this letter. And I said, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I already called and made an appointment for him. I actually had done that. Made the appointment for him uh, for, I don't know, end of April. And I told the woman when I made the appointment for end of April, I said, he will come in a week and a half before on a Saturday, he'll come in and he'll get his bloods done. And then they'll have plenty of time to get the doctor before the appointment. Right. She says, yeah, that should be, that should be fine. I said, okay, he'll be in there and get it done. Then we get this letter. Okay. (laughs) You know, from numbnuts with that. She's so cute. Her name is Brandy. Brandy. Hi, this is Brandy. You know. Hi, Brandy. Can I help you? I'm sorry. If there are any people out there with the name Brandy, I'm really sorry. Okay. But this Brandy had some, I think. Anyway. <laughs> it had some, Brandy. And after her name, mm-hmm. it says MHA. MHA. Mm-hmm. Medical health care assistant. Mm-hmm. And she's going to tell me about fucking diabetes. <laughs> Give me a break. That's a medical good. health assistant is a secretary in a medical office. Right. That's all she is. Well, that's one step. If she happens to know anything medically, it's only because she went to school and she may be knowing some things. Well, I was she just saying. It's not like she knew anything about it. An MHA is under an MA. Oh, yeah. You know, a medical assistant. An MHA isn't anything like an MA. So it's literally just the She's books. She's a secretary. Right. A secretary is going to tell me about diabetes. <laughs> no. She reading off her screen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, see, Ernie, he would have just gone, oh, okay, I'll do it, you know, because he doesn't know. Right. You know, I love the man, but he doesn't know, you know. So, Kaiser's good, but they carry it, the, the pendulum has swung way over, okay. They want you to test everything, every because, you know, you walk in. Uh-huh. That'll be $10, please. Oh, did you need your blood drop? That's $15, please, in addition to the $10. And did you need an x-ray? That's $25, please. Everything you do when you go in, 
carries a little copay. You don't pay anything for the, you know, well, we do through Medicare. We pay Medicare Part B. Right. Pays my Medicare Part B. My, my Social Security pays for my Medicare Part B, which is Kaiser. Okay. Ernie pays out of pocket because he's not getting Social Security yet. Right. He will be in April, but right now he's not. So we're having to pay because he qualified for Medicare last year, but he doesn't get Social Security till this year. So we're having to pay for his Medicare. It's twelve hundred dollars a year. Still cheap insurance. Yeah. For people our age, as far as that goes. So that's not so expensive, and mine isn't much more than that. But it's little copays they dig you with, you know, and they just they love for you to come in, have something checked, you know how you you want to have your tits smashed. $25, thank you. Anything they can think of, you know, to get you in there. To make that little you bit sure of... You sure you don't need more medication? <laughs> don't you need some more pills? We got them. <laughs> and it's cheap. They're only $10, you know. That's insane. It's insane. So, you know, how? here's poor Bob just wanting to have his, his PSA done to make sure he doesn't have anything happening to him. And they don't they don't want to go there. And I got on the other hand, we got Kaiser going. Yeah, man, we'll check that for you. Hell yeah, come on now. We're a special. <laughs> so I don't know. Anyway, I don't know how we got there. It's okay, but but <laughs> now every episode uh-huh. when we're fifteen twenty minutes towards the end, are we, we there already? We are there. Holy moly! Didn't talk about what we were going to talk about. It's it's quite all right. Uh-oh. That just gives us something to talk about next Same episode. Time. Okay. Uh, so every every episode now we are going to do what we're calling the Burbank backstories. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! And for this episode, what do you got for us? Uh-huh. What am I got? Let me see. Oh, I was thinking about morning glories the other day. Morning glories have always been my favorite flower. Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> over the years that's gotten modified. Additions and deletions have been made, but morning glories have stayed pretty much in the fore. You know what morning glory is? I've seen them. Okay. Well, the reason morning glories are my favorite flower is because when I was, when we were living in Burbank, at uh-huh. Grandma's house on Peyton Avenue, Mom used to walk me to kindergarten, and we went through an alley at one point. I don't know where. Doesn't matter where. And somebody had, yard, well, I was little, okay, so it seemed like tons and tons and tons of these morning glories growing. Right. And Mom used to talk about them, and we'd smell them, and pick one and stick in my hair, and shit like that. And so, morning glories became my, pardon me, my favorite flower. I cannot see a morning glory, but what I think of that, I can't see a picture of one. Can't see one on a teacup. Can't see one anywhere without remembering morning glories and my mom walking me to kindergarten. Well, then I got to the point where I didn't want to go to kindergarten. Oh. And, you know, parents, you being a parent, you would understand. Parents always worry when their children who like school all of a sudden... Don't like school. Don't like school. There's an ugly reason behind it, usually. Uh, In this case, (laughs) Mom said, why don't you want to go to school? And I said, I don't remember the little girl's name, but there was this little girl at nap time, okay, who 
Wait, <clears throat> I don't know if they do it now or not. Do they have nap time now in kindergarten? I think they do. Where they lay down in their little blankies and and the the teacher lulls them to yeah. sleep with some bullshit story or something. And um, <laughs> every time I would roll over or look at this little girl, she'd be picking her nose and putting it in her mouth. Uh. <laughs> I still can see that child doing that. And and it got to be like she she knew it upset me I guess because I must have looked upset I don't know but she she thought it was funny and that I get upset by it so every <laughs> she started doing it whenever I saw her not just at nap time whenever I saw this kid she'd see me looking at her and she'd pick her nose and put it in her mouth just to watch me freak you know I guess that's why she I don't know she was not well. <laughs> <laughs> You might have thought I was sick, too. And I may have been. I don't know. Anyway, I told Mommy, Mommy, the little girl picks her nose and puts it in her mouth. I don't want to go anymore. You know, so I don't know what Mother did, but the little girl never did it. <laughs> I don't know where Mother threatened her or what. You know, I have no idea. Maybe she just talked to the teacher and said, you know, could you get a little control here yeah. in your group of however many kids there were? So, but walking to school um, with mom was was a big, big fun time for me. Life was simple then, and the pleasures few and far between, but memorable all the same. Uh, let's see, I swallowed uh, the ring. I did that last time. I did that. Uh, I did that. I did that. Golly. I'm trying to think if I have any other memories of, of growing up in that house, well, or anywhere in that area of Burbank. You know, you'd think a person that lived there for five years could remember more. Uh, we, well, we've, we've got five minutes left. we got five minutes, and I don't have any more stories about Burbank. What are we going to talk about? Uh... What do you think? What the hell? I don't... I, you know, how many stories do you have about yourself when you were five years old? Think about it. Plus, I'm 72 now. Come on. <laughs> it's a lot longer than I've had to remember these things than, than all that. Uh, and I, and I, uh, I have... My memories of, of that time are more like movies. You know, I can close my eyes and go there and see the neighborhood and and the the house and the inside of the house and you know it's, I can I can even do it without closing my eyes I can I can just like almost feel like I'm there right in which you probably can too if you've got memories of some place that are very vivid you know and they and those don't go they you know they stay they stay with you and that's that's cool to me that's that's a cool thing I I like that. Uh, I got a question for you. Okay. Um, how old were you during the Cuban Missile Crisis? Oh, interesting. You should ask that. Yeah, I was uh, in my early twenties. Um, we were living in um, Carlsbad at the time, and we had such a um, naive awareness of things in those days. Um, You've seen on television, you have seen the pictures uh, where they had kids crawl under their desks 
and hide their heads to protect themselves from atomic explosions. Yes. Okay. Uh, that was a very real thing. They, we believed in those days that that would protect us. We, we had no fucking idea what we were doing, what we were up against, what we would be up against if we were, in fact, assaulted with atomic weapons. Nobody knew, you know, and we all thought, okay, if we just crawl underneath the, the desks and hide our eyes, we'll be okay. We were cautioned to prepare for the possibility of supplies being interrupted. So we, <laughs> we had this closet in, in a hallway in our house in, in Carlsbad, and, and we put, and it was a linen closet, and we put little stacks of cans of food and, and a couple of bottles of, of sparklets or something like that, whatever the hell we had in those days. You know, I can't remember if David had been born yet or not. When was that? 60, let's see, what's his name? Uh, John Kennedy died in 62. No, 63. David was born in October of 63. So I was probably pregnant when this was going on. Okay. Uh, because I remember having put diapers in there, but David wasn't born yet. You know, so I, there was the concern, too, about, you know, being pregnant and... You know, how would I, where would I, and all that. Uh, and and it was kind of scary. But uh, once we got a few things stuck away in the closet, then we thought, okay, we're all right now. Good you to know, go. We're good to go. Bring it on. We can handle it. You know, we had no idea what we were dealing with. None. And with that thought. Oh, yes. I am David K. Montoya. And I am Miss Sadie Burbank. Wish me luck on the editing, folks. <laughs> yeah, it's going to take an hour or two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and remember, what happens in Burbank ends up on a podcast. Good night, folks. Good night. Yay, Canadian socialized healthcare. Gotta love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the one thing we can tease Dave about. Yeah. Did you see the T-shirt I posted on his Facebook page? No. It says in in United or sorry, in the states they call it Survivor. In yeah. Canada we call it camping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. that's about right. Yeah. Well, it's a Jim Carrey had that as part of his backstory too. He was when Jim Carrey was growing up, his him and his family were homeless. Okay, and they actually had to stay in tents around like this. And he goes, "We didn't know we were homeless. My dad just kept telling us we were camping." <laughs> I like that. So that's uh, that's how Carrey growed up camping for a year and a half at least yeah. right. yep enjoy yeah. the great outdoors exactly yeah you learn how to winter camp <laughs> that's not so fun uh, no all righty here we are with another one this is a what we think number eight play it by ear it's called yeah. with nothing happening this week sadie and dave are forced to forge onward to record a show but not to worry however as the two discuss hypoglycemia the united states postal service and fantasize about working for google doodle now that is a range of topics. Yes, that's very <laughs> eclectic. Like hypoglycemia to the postal service, <laughs> to Google Doodle. Yes, I can see how A and B equal twelve. <laughs> well, uh, I can't. No, no. Well, let's listen to the show. Okay, and uh, we'll plot it out after. Sure. <laughs> 
It's Monday night, so let's find out what the fuck we think. I'm David K. Montoya. And I am Miss Sadie Burbank. Holy hell, that actually hurt my head when I did that. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh. I know you're really in pain. That's why, after I said, what the fuck, that's why there was a brief pause, because when I said fuck, my head was like, whoa. See, now that's... Uh, I'm not going to go there. I was going to say something, but I, I, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, because I don't really think that. Just to give the listeners a brief rundown, and this is something that you didn't know. I'm I'm actually hypoglycemic. I I didn't know that until you told me a little minute ago, a little minute ago. I have an issue with low blood sugar, but usually for the most part, I'm able to keep it under control Mm -hmm. just because of. You know, I, I always have something sweet in my hand. Yeah, like whether, a monster. Like a monster. Uh, and that does, you know, that that keeps the blood sugar up. What happened to Twinkies? They're coming back, man. You have a Twinkie in your hand. You know, to be honest with you, to be You don't like to eat Twinkies. I'm not that big of a Twinkie fan. I'm not either, but hey, everybody else is. <laughs> the world is screeching to a halt because Twinkies were not going to be there anymore. So, no. But... Yeah, I told you what I think about it. You yeah. eat every two hours. A little something. Have an apricot or a cookie or a piece of meat or cheese or something. And uh, I was just doing a little picking up, um, you know, because I had started and then I, I figured, well, let me just finish doing this before you guys came back. Mm. And, and I, you broke the mic stand. That didn't help. All I did was I was just tightening it up on the table. I didn't mean to say that. Like, you broke the mic stand. (laughs) Because you didn't really. And, in fact, it's not even really a mic stand. It's a stupid lamp thing. But it works like a mic stand. It wants to be one when it grows up. And it's okay because... And I have another one, so we're good. I was going to say, it's okay because it gives me an excuse to buy another one. I really want to buy another one. You really want to buy another one. Yes. Well, in the meantime, I'll bring the other hoochie from home, and then we can... Okay. We can, uh, until you become solvent. Solvent. (laughs) So anyway, you were talking about your your hypoglycemic condition. Right. And why, what the fuck hurt your head. You have a headache, is what you never got really said. Yes, I... I, From your hypoglycemia. Yes, and I can tell, at first... At first, I thought it was it was just because I got too hot, you know, moving around, cleaning. Yeah, because it is hotter than the hinges on the gates of Hades today. And the thing is also is I have my AC cranked all the way down to 70. Mm-hmm. And even with that, it's still like 77 in here. Yeah, but to me, that feels comfortable, but not for you. No. And I get that. I, you know, you're rev, you're, you rev up faster than I do, I guess. And... At first, I, I literally was seeing stars. I, I had to stop what I was doing, and I sat down. And I thought, again, it was too, because I was hot. But then you said something about get something to eat. Lacey said something to get something to eat. And I was like, okay, let me get something to eat. And probably about 10 bites into I got you know, I had a, a hoagie sandwich. Right. And about 10 bites into it, I started feeling better. Yes, you said. And Boy, do I feel better. It's amazing what food will do, huh? <laughs> and my headache is... It's but you also had, in fairness, you had some monster. Yeah, I, I did also. have a monster. I cracked it open. Yes, um, and drank it. <laughs> it's right over there, actually. Yes. Um, and for me, how I know it's sugar yeah. is because it's like the cap of my skull. That's where it's... Oh, the old sugar loaf. Yes. 
I'm sorry. What the fuck does your skull have to do with sugar reaction? When, okay. Doctor? When it's, my eyes are tired, yeah. it comes from the temples, uh-huh. right? If I'm stressed out, uh-huh. it comes from my shoulders. Uh-huh. Or if I'm sleeping, it comes from the headache. Oh, I thought the devil or something. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, I'm just listening. Yes. But with a sugar, sugar thing, headache, it comes from the back it, of your skull. Yeah, it feels like it's coming from, located back really? here and going this way. I don't think I've ever been so in touch physically with my uh, source of... Uh, but then I don't have hypoglycemia or hypo-anything. I'm probably hyper-anything. Well, and I, I told you briefly about this, and I guess I'll go ahead and tell the story for the sure. listeners. Why not? I <laughs> was... <laughs> yes. Nobody died today. <laughs> nobody sent us emails. Nothing exciting happened this week. So our week. format is totally yeah. fucked. So here we go. We're just going to wing it. Hope you like it. <clears throat> anyway. Um... It was 90, 96, so I was only, I was, I was, what about, was 96? the story, it takes oh, place in 1996, oh, oh, so I was, I was, no, no, I was, I was only 19. Ah, oh, Jesus. And, in 96, you were 19? That's yeah. disgusting. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Never mind the fact that I was 56 years old. Just let it ride. Let it ride. Well. We didn't have a car back then, you know, because Lacey and I, we got married really young, and I felt the best opportunity for me to to grow up, to, to push myself past where I was at and, and kind of leave the starving artist behind because now I had a wife, was to move out to Arkansas, where my biological father was. And the only thing that he has ever done for me to this day is... He put money down to get us into an apartment, and he's like, here's an apartment, the rest is up to you, and I didn't even have a job. So, to make a very long story short with that process, I ended up working in a nursing home, which was literally 10 miles across town. I did not have a car, so I would leave like three hours early and walk to the nursing home. Well, it was a summertime. That's a hell of a commute. Yes. A three-hour commute, bad enough, but when it's walking, well, when I that's got, a lot. Just to tell you what it was, when I came home to California, like a year or so later, I know I'm almost six foot two. Yes. I weighed 170 something pounds. Whoa, dude! Walking. All that walking. Walking. Yes. Yeah. Six-hour day walk. Yeah. Yeah, that would do it. And plus, you know, I'd walk up to the store to get groceries yeah. or walk to this store. I was and then walk while you were at work. Yes. Yeah. I was really fit, though. You know I mean? Oh, yeah. You were <laughs> borderline dead, but fit as hell. Yeah. Okay. So, anyway. So, anyway, one of the nights, it was it was like in August, I believe. It was just Arkansas, humidity, 115% plus for the heat. Uh-huh. I remember I wasn't feeling too good, and so I woke up, got dressed, and left. Didn't eat, didn't drink, just got up and left. Oh, swell, for a three-hour walk. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I was working as a nursing assistant, so you're on your feet, you're constantly moving, and probably within two hours of me getting there, mm-hmm. I was working with a nurse and another aide. We were taking care of this really heavy patient 
And all I remember is I felt my knees starting to buckle, and I started shaking. And instinctively, now this is Arkansas, so they have the old metal bed rail gurney kind of beds. Instinctively, my hand shot out in front of me, grabbed on the rails. Mm-hmm. My, I didn't think, oh, I better grab this. It was literally my body reacting, mm-hmm. and my knee, knee started buckling, mm-hmm. buckled, and that was it. After, like, the fourth buckle, I was like, boom, on the ground. Well, Dr. Young, who is, how do I explain this? Hillbilly Quack. Okay. He's a doctor. He's a real doctor, but... If you walked up to him and saw him, you would not think he's a doctor. He wears overalls. He has a beard down to his belly. You know, he has his hair pulled back into a ponytail. And he's pretty great as hell. Gee, it sounds really clean and nice. Yes. Um, He happened to be there because it was... He has tobacco stains down the beard, too. I see that. Yes, 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 I believe so. Either tobacco or possibly gravy. Yes. Uh Okay, continue. Um, I have a clear picture of him now. He was there, and he he told somebody to get the glucometer and and take my blood sugar. Now, the interesting thing about that is is there was LVNs there, and I remember no one knew how to use glucometer correctly. I remember that. Did the quack? He's the one who did Oh, well, see, now, a quack doesn't mean... What do you think a quack means? A quack means a doctor that doesn't know anything about doctoring. Um, I could... We could do a whole show. He does know anything about doctoring. But he does he, know how to know He knows some things, but... Ah, okay. I uh, gotcha. Maybe, you know, 40, 50 years ago when he got his MD license, he might have been up on what he knew mm. at the time, but 50 years later... He didn't stick with it. Right. Yeah. Okay. No, no, nothing current. Right. Yeah. Okay, I got you. All right, continue. So they took my blood sugar, and on the glucometer, anything over, what is it, 300, it says high. Anything less than 20 says low. He, it, it read it, it read low, low, which meant my blood sugar lower was, 20. was lower than 20. Not consistent with life as we know it. And as I'm, I'm waking up, mind you, this doctor... Which I came from California. I'm young. I'm still a kid at this point. And stupid. Yes. 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 I was very stupid. Less than educated. But I, I was more, more so used to California physicians, mm-hmm. professionalism. Mm-hmm. He looks at me. And he's like, "What the fuck you doing, looking at me, boy?" I'm like, "What are you talking about?" He goes, "You shouldn't be looking. You shouldn't even be living right now, boy." What what what's your problem? I'm like, what are you talking about? I mean, instead of you know here in California, they would you know at least pull you into a corner. His to... bedside manner was lacking. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> yeah. So, but I do have to give it to him. He was good enough. Well, he did diagnose your problem. You should have been dead. Yes. I mean that that part was true. He may not have gone about it the right way in telling you, but uh, yeah, he was 100% on that one. And, and I do have to say <laughs> that he was nice enough. He's the one who actually purchased the candy bars. Candy bars? Hell, he should have had you on a glucose drip. What do you mean, candy bars? Jesus. Remember I said 50, Quack, 50 yeah, years ago? Okay, yeah. that's where that kind of comes from. Oh, my oh God. yeah, even after I, I, I had like three the cups of... The orange juice? No, I was about to say three oh. cups of the orange juice with okay. the sugar. Okay. And I had like four Snickers bars. Once I started feeling kind of like myself, mm-hmm. I went back to work. Well, of course you did, you stupid shit. 
So that was the first of me learning that I, I was hypoglycemic. Mm. And well, I hate to say it, but that was when ninety six. Ninety six. Yeah. Almost. Let's see. What is that? Twenty years ago. Almost twenty years ago. Yeah. Okay. We haven't learned a hell of a lot because you still did the same damn thing today. I'm. Boy, drink a monster. Yeah. Okay. I'm stubborn. I can't help it. You're not. Well, maybe you are stubborn. Like I said, any of our listeners who are hypoglycemic or hyperglycemic will tell you either one has the same issue, and that's blood sugar regulation. And the way we regulate our blood sugar children is we eat every two to three hours a little something. Right. It doesn't mean go to IHOP and have the Grand Slam. Oh, no, that's Denny's. But, you know, somewhere in between starving and porking out, right. eat a little piece of cheese, a little piece of fruit, have something. Well, after Some chicken soup, a good heart. After, well, obviously. <laughs> that's my know. Jewish mother impression. <laughs> uh, my apologies to all the Jewish moms out there. Obviously, you know, I got a car, I started driving myself, so, you know, that kind of, well, that, not kind of, that took a lot. I would say that would be helpful. Right. Eating would have been helpful, too. Right. I know you were down and out and poor, but fuck, you gotta eat. Tell you how down and out I was. I, I, I've been saving this story to, to put it in for years. Well, now's the time. Um, for a very, very long time, I hated Heat. I'm just now, and this was almost 20 years ago, I'm just now starting to eat corn again. You ate corn? We were so poor at the time. That's all you ate? That's all we uh, had yeah. was corn. I have a real good friend. In fact, um, Kelly's husband, we, we used to buy him a number 10, you know, number 10 can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to buy him a number 10 can of corn. For Christmas every now and then. Kid love canned corn. Hi, Frankie. I don't know if he still has, uh, has a thing for canned corn or not. But anyway, I digress. You had, you hated corn because that's all you could. That's all you could eat. That's what all, do you mean? That's, that's all, all we could afford. Oh come on. Yeah. Other things cost the same amount of money as corn. You could have varied your miserable diet from corn to spinach or to green beans or something. How we and was it canned? It was canned corn. Yeah. And, and if I'm trying to Tomatoes. I'm trying to pull back to to when it was bread, but I, I believe that can was actually given to us. I, I think. Oh, look at that can last year. It was like a case of corn. Oh, a case of corn. Okay. Oh, well then, there that's different. So, all right, I got gotcha. you. So we we I'm literally sorry. for two weeks. It's not why we nice ate. Laugh was miserable. Well, it's in the past. It's okay. <laughs> for two weeks, we ate nothing but corn. Corn and yeah, I can I can see corn and water. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and if anybody's out there that knows me, no. <laughs> you had the uh, interesting bowel movements. Yeah. To say the least. Yes. Oh my god, little sprinkles of corn every day. Oh, I can we, see it. And now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know why we just didn't quit smoking because for that two weeks we didn't drink soda. And you we didn't have cigarettes. No, we didn't oh. have cigarettes. Oh, you didn't? And surprise them. Now, and you should have quit then. Yes, yeah, I don't know why. Two so, weeks into it. Yeah, as soon as we got money, we went out and got soda oh, yeah. and cigarettes. I get it. I totally get it. But literally, at that point, I we didn't have donuts. Well, I'm never that poor anymore. Thank God. But 
when I was. Mm. That's, that'd be my first thing. <laughs> Go get a donut. <laughs> oh, I get it. So. Anyway. Anyway. But the, so you came out of that. Yes, that was. That was your worst. Like I said, it's almost been 20 years. And I still, still like not, not a big corn fan. Well, you won't have corn on the top then. It has to be canned corn. I like corn on the top. Oh, it has to be canned corn that you won't eat. Right. Ah, I gotcha. Because it's... It talks backwards sometimes. <laughs> I understand. It's that tin flavor that comes... Yeah, that can- extra tinny flavor. Mm, my mouth's watering now. I especially like that with sardines and salmon and ooh. Uh, no, I like sardines. Yeah, I know you do. You like fish. <laughs> oh, I can't stand the thought of canned fish. It just ugh. anyway. So taking that whole story. Um, yeah, we started on that for a reason. What was it? Oh, because you had a headache when we were explaining your yeah. hypoglycemic state, and then you went back to Doctor Young. Young. Odd name for someone who visually doesn't present that image at Um, all. Let me see if I can get Lacey on mic here. Lacey, come here real fast. I I need you on. I need you to bear with me. Just come in real fast. We need you. We need you. Do you need me or do you want me? Well, it's all the same, honey. Um, Okay, I was telling Sadie about Dr. Young. Now, this is the same gentleman that, you know, checked your back out, too. Now, would me calling him a backwater hillbilly redneck be appropriate yes. in his description? Yes, because when you think of a doctor, you think of a gentleman who's clean cut. Clean, at least. Clean. Not, not, not with hair down to the middle of his back. And, and, and his, a beard. And down to his mustache, beard, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. And he said he was a quack. Would you agree? Yes. Yes, yeah. Okay. Because okay, I didn't have Arkansas twang. He didn't work on me. Well, hell, that's easy to pick up. I did pick oh, it up. Oh, now we're going to lose all our Arkansas no. listeners. I loved Arkansas, but they can keep that humidity. Oh, yeah, you can have all my part of that. And, yeah, yeah. Well, plus, you know, Russo's in Arkansas. I've got friends in Arkansas, so it's nothing personal against Arkansas. It's just something against that doctor. Yeah. But, and, and that, not because he was from Arkansas. He could have been from Alaska. Right. And you still would have had the same hit off of him, which was, ew. Yes. Yeah, I get so, it. I get it. To kind of progress through time... I've always had issues with my blood sugar. Lacey has always been the one that has kind of regulated it for me. Uh-huh. Uh, and then after I left doing clinical work and got my desk job as a monitor technician, mm-hmm. that's when weight started come, kind of packing yeah, on. Yeah, I just weren't walking to work anymore for three hours. And, you know. And never, walking at work. And since there was less ex- less activity, I was burning less. Well, that and I'm getting older, so my metabolism is starting to, to slow down. And it's, you know. Wait till you have this direct me. <laughs> <laughs> then they'll tell you, hmm, now you're really going to pack it on, honey. Yeah, that's that was always what, you know, I look back over time and I say, what were the inspirational moments in my life? I think that was one of them. Yeah. Sorry about your uterus. Now you're really going to pack it on. Okay. Thank you very much. 
Interesting, because I'm yeah, not... And if, they, and if they say, she's full of shit, we don't either. They're lying. Because, yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Maybe not exactly on the same way, but then the women don't all have menopause in the same way at the same time, at the same rate, even. So, yeah, I'm sorry, but you have that to look forward to. Well, hopefully, uh-huh. hopefully it'll be slow. <laughs> it'll be slow. <laughs> slow coming. Yeah. I love it. Maybe like the slowest snail mail. Yeah. Oh, snail mail. Since you mentioned snail mail, should we just walk right into that one? Yes, go ahead. Okay. The other day, I ordered something from a company that I order stuff from. (laughs) Embarrassing regularity. And uh, one of the items that I received Mm -hmm. uh, was was actually like this bracelet uh, that is made so that you can untwist or twist off one end of it and thereby slip on little beads and things and then twist the thing back on and then you have a bracelet. Okay. Well, (laughs) somebody got a little carried away with the glue (laughs) and the little thing wouldn't twist off. And so I tried running it under water, I tried putting it in jewelry cleaner, I tried poking at it with a needle, I tried twisting it and pretty soon I broke it (laughs) because it wouldn't come off. Fucking thing was glued on inappropriately, accidentally, or maybe even on purpose. Somebody's probably going, I remember the day I did that. (laughs) Anyway, so I called the company and I said, I broke my bracelet because the damn thing wouldn't come off. And she said, I'm sorry, and I'll send you another one. You send me the bad one back. And I said, okay. So I wrote a letter and I said, here's the bad bracelet. And I put, it was in a baggie already, a little plastic baggie. And so I put it in this uh, bubble wrap. Yes. Let me see if I can get the sound effect. See, here, sound effects for bubble wrap. This oh. is the very self-same bubble wrap. That's okay. a dick there. I know it is, huh? Yeah, that's the same kind of bracelet right there. Lacey the one that one twist is off and you can yeah. add it it. does, indeed. That's the same thing. Go away. God. Go away. Go away. This is it for you. Okay, so anyway, I put it in this bubble wrap. Hmm? Bubble wrap, again, sound effects. Okay. <laughs> and then I put the bubble wrap in this, uh, what would you say, seven by eight and a half? Yeah. Five by eight and a half envelope, manila type envelope. And I addressed it, and I weighed it. And it weighed three quarters of an ounce. I waited several times. I was certain. 
of the weight. Right. So I put two stamps on it, one for the three-quarters of an ounce and another for the fact that the envelope wasn't a traditional, regular, letter-sized envelope, right. but it was, in fact, what did we say? Let's see, three... Women's uh, measurement would be six inches. A guy would say eight uh, by uh, about eight and a half. So six by eight and a half inch manila envelope. So I put another stamp on for that. So we got 90 cents on this sucker, right? Right. And I drop it in the mailbox. About four days later, the thing comes back and it's stamped post the return for, and somebody has written in, $1.15. Additional postage when remailing, cross out this notice or paste stamps over. Paste stamps? We've had peel and stick stamps for fucking five years now, and we're still stamping something that says paste stamps over. Well, anyway, the point isn't what the thing says. The point is that they wanted another dollar and 15 cents. For three quarters of an ounce. For three quarters of an ounce in in a small manila envelope. And I'm like, what the fuck are they thinking? They should be on our show. <laughs> I would like to have them on our show. So <clears throat> I took it out of the uh, manila envelope, and I took it out of the your aforementioned bubble wrap. Yes. I left it in its own little bag that it came in, and I put it in a regular envelope along with the letter. Put a stamp on it. One stamp. One of the stamps that I took off of this one, actually, because it hadn't been canceled yet. Right. And I sent it off. And they got it. No problem. No problem. So, what's the so, issue? So, well, the issue is... Well, no, I said that wrong. Not what... Not what is... Not what's my issue. Right. What's what, their issue. Yeah. I don't know. Anybody that works for the U.S. Postal System... Who knows what the problem is between mailing a three quarter and it weighed less than three quarters of an ounce, by the way, when I put it in the other envelope. I don't remember exactly what it weighed now. I think it weighed half an ounce. No? No, I think maybe come to think of it, I think it did still weigh three quarters of an ounce. And in any case, it certainly did not weigh any more. It's space inside your mailbox containers. It's what? The space of the envelope. They're going to charge you more because the envelope's a little bit bigger. In what container? You know, their male containers when they put in the back of the Their male and female containers? Smartass. <laughs> in the back of what? Your, their trucks, you mean? Yeah, they go to mail it? Mm-hmm. I'm being a smartass. Oh, okay. Because I, I so don't get that. <laughs> okay, well, anyway, whatever. Uh, and, and, and before we get a lot of email from employees of the U.S. Postal Service, I want to say I am not slamming you. Per se. Per se. I am slamming the system that created the response I got by mailing this thing or trying to mail it with twice as much postage as it really needed to get it to its destination. And now, a word from our sponsors. Before 1971, a young S. Sadie Burbank could only imagine a simple American life as a loving wife and mother. That was her goal when she first married in 1959 at the age of 18. But with the wild social revolution of the 1960s, Burbank's idea of a perfect life would quickly change as she left behind her family to begin a new existence of her own. 
Her journey would find her on a plane headed toward her new lover, Steve, who was halfway across the world, waiting her arrival in a small bush camp in the country of Liberia. Once there, Sadie is greeted with a fascinating, strange world and plunges herself into the exotic land of the bush. But less than six months later, Sadie would realize all was not as it seemed, and Steve was not the man she fell in love with. Burbank found herself desperately seeking escape from the camp and her lover as she raced back to Robertsfield Airport, literally running for her life. Based on an unbelievably true story by S. Sadie Burbank, Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner is a manuscript of Burbank's adventurous and deadly experience during a time filled with sex, drugs, and murder. Now available in paperback and hardback. For more information, log into www.redhills.us. Are you looking for a new book, comic, or apparel from your favorite MythWorks or independent creators? Then you're in the right place. Introducing the all-new redesigned MythMart store. Now bigger, badder, better. Sign up and become a member and receive 10 to 50% off on selected items. Get the all-new Terry D. Shearer's Bloody Hell t-shirt, or non-members can pick up one of our e-books for only $4.95. Or go into the past and relive the 90s with MythWorks Comics Classics for $3.99. The new MythMart. Bigger, badder, better. Visit MythMart at www.mythworks.com slash MythMart. Or find us on Facebook for extra savings. Do you own a business or have an item you want to sling? Do you want a chance to reach potential customers? Do you want to make some extra cash? Then here's your chance. For $50, you can have a one to two minute commercial featured on each of our shows for an entire month. With six shows a week, that's only $2.09 per podcast. Plus, for an extra 10 bucks, your item will be placed into MythMart. So sit back and relax as they handle all stages of transactions. Contact our ad department at info at jazelmon.com. And I proved that by putting it in a different shape envelope. Right. And putting half the postage I had put on it and sent it, and it went. And they got it. I know they got it because I got the credit from them that they weren't going to give me until they got it. Right. So I know they got it. So <clears throat> I cheated the post office. Ha, 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 you. I didn't have to pay another dollar and 15 cents. But I, you know, I thought, at the time, I thought, well, it's stupid to put two stamps on there for something that weighs three quarters of an ounce. I thought, well, they'll piss and moan because it's an irregular sized envelope, so I put another stamp on for their trouble. Now, I admit that with the plastic bubble wrap in there, it's sort of a fat package. Right. But But still. Fat shouldn't matter. Don't discriminate against the fat. Just because it's fat doesn't mean it isn't cute. (laughs) Okay? 
So, anyway, that's my piss and moan for the week about the U.S. Postal Service. And ha ha, I got away with it anyway. I'm goddamn go to hell if I'm going to put a dollar and 15 cents on the top of 90. That's over $2 for fuck's sakes. You can to send that stupid, the bracelet didn't cost that much. I was going to say you go down to the UPS store and have it UPS. No, are you kidding? They'd want a twelve fifty for a box. If we oh, don't get me started on that. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, you don't. Well, and if you, you don't No, but if you go to, um, you go to a place that that does like we mail and we UPS and we FedEx and we do it all. Yeah, they do. Bend over, because it's going to cost you. I went. I went to one of those places to send the box somewhere. And the kid said, that would be $12.75. I said, not on your tin type, it won't. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding? Probably went over his head. Yeah, he knew what tin type was. Y'all probably don't know what a tin type is either. Look it up. Google it. Tin type. T I N T Y P E. Anyhow, I said, thank you very much. But I don't think so. See, I didn't really say what the fuck. Or not on your tin type either. But I wanted to. And I always say those things, but I never really say those things. But anyhow, uh, so I took it over to the actual UPS store. And it was, I don't know, 875 which was out fucking rageous anyway. Right. But I figured that's as little as it's going to get, right? And I told him, I said, I went over here, and the guy wanted $12. And he says, yeah, they get this. How do you think they make money? They're in business to make money, you know? So are we, but... You cut out the middleman by coming here. Right. And he had a point that I had not considered. Or. Or. You go to UPS.com. And do a thing you where you sign up. Yeah, I know, I know. And then you get your box. You put it in front of your door. Mm-hmm. You type in pick up date. Mm-hmm. And they come by and pick it up for cheaper. For cheaper. Now, see. Postal Service kind of does the same thing, which we do like most of the time. Ernie will go online, mm-hmm. and he, we've, got, we've got those if it fits, it ships things. Yes, the priority. Know? Yeah, and those are cool because you can you can cram anything in them. You can cram in. <laughs> long as it, yeah, long, long as, as it, it. They don't care if it weighs 500 pounds. If you can get it in that box, it's going for 375 I like that. I think that's really cool. <clears throat> Makes it easy to ship bricks, you know, and just for fun. You know, it'd be fun to take like 15 pounds of lead <laughs> and put it in one of those things and ship it for 375 and ship it to a post office. Oh my God, that would be so much fun. I love it. Well, anyway, uh, so there, I've had my rant and rave about the U.S. Postal Service. Uh, since nobody died today, uh, I did go online and I Googled something and... I happen to know that there's another, oh, it's not a monster. This is uh, another source of sugar. Good, doctor, you know who. Okay. Um, I happen to notice when I was Googling something this morning, up in the left-hand corner, when they do something cute, right? Google will put a little picture of the cuteness they did for that day. And if you click on it, you can, and all you Googlers already know this, but if you're not a Googler, I'm here to tell you. If you click on it, then you go. To, it takes you to a big picture of it, and underneath there you can type in what the fuck, and they'll tell you why they did right. that. So today they had this really cute picture 
It's, I don't know what those things are. I, at first I thought they were flies, like for fishing. You know what they look like to me? No. Uh, they look like maybe cockroach legs. Oh, yeah, bug legs. That's probably what they are because of the bug that's coming in the door. Okay. And there's an apple sitting on top of the leg of the L. Anyway, it was today's Google Doodle. That's what they call them, Google Doodles. Mm -hmm. I think they have like a whole department. Dedicated? Yeah. Yeah, there are people that sit and think up doodles for Google. Talk about the best job in the world. I could do that. <laughs> have you ever have you ever researched right big on this? Have you ever researched working at Google? No. They have I could call him and ask him and to be accurate. I think seventeen different places to eat there. Really? Man, managed and, and overseen by chefs. Actual chefs, chefs. Actual chef chefs. Not hash slingers. Right. Chefs, okay? 17 different cuisines. And this is in the compound Google. And it's free. Really? Want to go to lunch at Google sometime? Yeah, for real. Yes, me too. What a job, huh? And then you get to sit around and dream up Google Doodles for, he, for a living. Oh, wait, where were we when they handed out these jobs? I was going to say, and I can we're draw. We're in the hospital working our asses off, yeah. walking three hours to work and walking home again. Yeah, and you can draw. I can't draw flies on a hot day. I wouldn't make a decent road kill I can't draw. <laughs> but, uh, but I can write, so there you go. Can't all do everything. Anyway. Oh, speaking of write, real fast. Oh, yes, yes. Um. Let's just give the listeners a little taste oh. of what we were talking about. Oh. In the near future, mm -hmm. there's going to be a Red Hills Green Vines and Dried Monkey Meat. For dinner. Yes, for dinner. Uh, audio book. Yes, there is. And it's going to be narrated by none other than... As Sadie Burbank herself. So keep your ears open for that. Yeah. Okay. It's going to be good. Go ahead. I hope. Okay. Today's Google Doodle is a tribute to Franz Kafka's The Metamorphosis. I think I've read that. Today celebrates a man who didn't see much to celebrate during his short life. Today, July 3rd, 2013, would have been the 130th birthday of the literary titan and eternal pessimist Frank Kafka. Doodle pays, the Doodle pays homage to The Metamorphosis, one of Kafka's best-remembered novellas. The dark piece features a traveling salesman who has the unfortunate and unexplained fate of turning into some sort of giant bug. Now, they give the German term for monstrous venom, mm -hmm. vermin, I'm sorry, monstrous vermin, but I don't do German. I can, if it's Spanish, I'm there. I'm all over. But nah, I can't. Sorry, I would just murder it beyond hope. Anyway, too many. <laughs> yeah, a lot of Uber Uh In any case, the uh, translation is monstrous vermin. This is uh, what this guy turned into. The drawing above, which is the today's Google Doodle. And I'm pretty sure we'll be able, we can probably put a picture of that up on Sure, I'm sure we can. You're so good at stuff like that. 
Uh, it takes, it shows a liar's take on Kafka's absurdist work, portraying a cockroach coming home from a date at work. The doodle even includes a nod to the plot by including a small sepia-toned apple, referring to the apples that the poor salesman's father threw at him when he found his son transformed into the creepy crawler. I don't believe I've ever read this work. I want to say that I've read it. I want to say I did, but I don't think I ever did. I. It must have come during my other, otherwise dark period, and I was already too dark or something. I'm not real sure right. why I never did. But Maybe I'll look at because it, it's a novella, right? Yes, it's what it says. So novella is probably nothing more than 200 pages. So should be an easy read. I was going to say maybe we find on uh, Amazon for... He's been translated into 40 different languages. I'm pretty sure you can find one in English. Oh, yeah. Pretty sure, yeah. Uh, the Prague native and tormented soul has since been hailed as one of the greatest literary giants, especially for his contributions to existentialism. If you have to, please do look that word up. It's important to you. Go ahead and give him the spelling. E-X-I-S-T-E-N-T-I-A-L-I-S-N. Existentialism. Find it. Learn it. Use it. It's a good word. While his body of work, also including The Trial and The Castle, doesn't make cozy bedtime reading with its overtones of alienation and grotesqueness, it's contributed to the timeless collection of literature that forces us to question the human condition. Quote, one of the first signs of the beginning of understanding is the wish to die, unquote. Kafka once wrote this in the Blue Octavo or Octavo notebooks. Octavo. Kind of like Klingon. Tuberculosis granted his wish at the young age of 40. That is sad. Well, it sounds like maybe he was glad. I don't know. It doesn't go into a lot of detail as to why he was so tormented. Uh, but obviously, life just wasn't a thrill for him. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't you know, know. The funny thing is, is I, and I try to understand people like that because I know there's, there's plenty of them like that in the world. But for me, if there's something that I don't like and it festers at me, I do my damnedest to change it. Well, and it sounds like he was on the right road because he was a big contributor to existentialism. Right. Ew. So I don't know. I don't get it. But in any case, uh, maybe I would if I read, learn. Yeah, there you go. Oh, a little education. Never and what was his name one more time before you put it Franz on? Franz Kafka. K-A-F-K-A. Interesting. Franz with a Z. Franz. Franz. They probably called him Frankie. Here's a question for you, since yes. we're talking about literature. Yes. Did you read my new story? Which one? The one that you read there? That one? It's, no, no, it's called The Leftovers. I actually put up a post on Twitter and Facebook. I wrote a new story, and I put it up free 
on the Jasomon publication site. When did you put it on Facebook? Uh, last week. I saw it not. Really? And I never tweet or twit. No, that's true. I, I'm a Twitter, but I don't tweet. Or I tweeter and I don't twit. I forgot what it is. But in any case, I don't. Um, but I, um, I Facebook like regularly. Yeah. I don't remember seeing it. So we took a little break so Sadie could read it. Right. And what do you think? I liked it. It was. Uh, it's got a lot of good humor in it. Uh, it's. Uh, it's a totally different take on the zombie thing. Which, after all these years, you wouldn't think anybody could come up with, but you have, and I like that. Um, it's has a its moments of poignancy. Uh, I, I see you as the storyteller because I know you wrote it. Right. Uh, so it's hard for me to think of it as being anybody else but you. But in that, I see. Um, nothing unexpected in the story because I know you. Right. So I think it, it's it's if you want to know Dave Montoya, read this story and you'll get to know it better because you're all over in that thing. Really, you think it? Oh yeah, it's you all over. See, because and, and we had talked about the story before I even sat down and, and wrote it. Yeah. And came up yeah. With a plot list. Yeah. I said I kind of have this idea. And just the other night, there was nothing for me to do. Kids were asleep, Lacey was asleep, and I just found myself hacking away at the yeah. keyboard. Yeah, it's Excuse me, kind of in the yawn. I think it's a lack of oxygen in my system. It certainly isn't the hour. What is it? No, it's not the hour. No. It's just me. Uh, no, it's it's like I said. I hear your voice when I read the words. Um, it's you. And without giving the the ending away, what did you think about what the significance of the story that's being told? Because I, I think for me as the writer, I'm telling a story, you know, that actually has a theme behind it. Yeah. More so yeah. than just the zombies. Well, let's see. How can I answer that uh, without giving away the ending? If the reader were to imagine his or herself in that same position. Let me see. It's, it's a, a logical transition from the beginning to the end that it, it makes the, the situation, mm-hmm. the context in which it's written, seem normal. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay. okay. And that, that's why I'm smirking because you, you got it. Yeah. And, and the funny thing is, is if you read a lot of modern literature, for some reason, and this is just my interpretation of modern literature, there's no theme, underlying theme to stories anymore. Mm-hmm. It's just a story, a flat story. A vehicle to right. sell books <laughs> or movies or whatever. And it's kind of like some of the movies don't really have much going for them either. Right. They're just kind of just telling you. Just a vehicle you. for somebody to make noise or yeah. scare you or do something. But for me, as a writer, and I don't know exactly where I picked this up as a writer, but it's always been important to me to not only tell the story, but there's always something... What am I trying to communicate? What is the theme? What is the message, the overall message in the story? Everything that I write, 
It has that. Mm-hmm. And even though that's just a quick little story, it, it has something in there, too. Yeah. And, and most of the people probably go, I don't, right now I think we're getting more hits off of Stitcher and iTunes. But if you go to jasonwan.com, it's going to pop up and you have the pick to go to the publishing. You can go to the publishing or you can go to the Jason Wadcast. Mm-hmm. Click on the publishing, you'll see it. It's called The Leftovers and it's completely free. And it, it's a good read. And it took me, what, five minutes? Yeah. Maybe. And I'm not all that fast a reader. But no, it, it's, it's, um, it was like hop skipping across a creek on the rocks. From, and the rocks were the, the humorous points through the story. Because there's a lot of humor in it, I think. Um, not guffaw type humor. Right, right. Just smiling to myself kind of stuff. Um, and like I said, at the end, it all felt normal. It's, at, the, at first, you think, that's not normal. <laughs> yeah. Right. But by the time you're done, it's all normal. It's all the way it's, of course, cool. you know. Yeah. It's good. I like it. Cool. I, that's, as a writer, as a peer, you know, I look for, you know, the comments from you and others. Just because I'm so engrossed in other types of writing, I'm, you know, engrossed in the podcast, I don't sit down and I don't write the short stories like I used to. Yeah. And yeah. I don't, it, and it is one of those skills that you... You know, it's damn tempting, too, because I found myself thinking about something, I don't even remember now what it was, the other day, and I thought, that would make a great short story. Um, Speaking of short stories... Yes. Um... You gave me an email. Yeah. Somebody's going to be published here pretty soon yeah. as part of an anthology. Would yes. you like to talk about it? Yes. Yes. Alan Russo is uh, going to come out with an anthology. On uh, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't want to misspeak the overall theme mm-hmm. of it, uh, but I think it's like weirdness in general. And I have a short story called The Haunting of Mikhail Zotkin. And I submitted it to uh, Alan, and he accepted it, and it would be part of the anthology. So I'm very proud of that. Um, speaking of, of Russo, I don't know if Russo's listening to this, but if Russo, if you're listening to this, give me a call. I, I, I've, not, I've literally not talked to him since he left. Since he left. Maybe he's been busy being happy. Let's hope. Yes. Let's hope. So, I know he's busy because he's doing this uh, anthology thing, so that may be taking up a bunch of the time that he's doing things, too. Because as far as I know, he announced it, and I, I just put it out there as a joke. I said, are, are you wanting me to produce this? You know, because he hasn't said mm-hmm. anything. And then he wrote back and he said, let's co-produce it. I'm like, okay, and that's the last time I've heard from him. Okay. And that was all. Well, and then I asked you if you thought, because you'd read uh, The Haunting. Yeah, that uh, went up on the World of Myth. Yeah. Yes. And so I asked you, should I submit that to him? Because I wasn't really exactly sure. 
uh, size of story-wise and, and everything else. I wasn't sure if that was sort of what he was looking for or not. Right. And you said, yeah, send it in. So, and I had uh, I prefaced it with a little note in the email, and I said, if, if the format for this isn't right, let me know. I'll have Dick work on it because... <laughs> I always give him everything, and he fixes the format <laughs> for me because I don't know shit about format. Uh, but apparently, it was okay cool. because he just said it was accepted. And, yeah, so I think that's cool. Yeah, I'll have to drop him an email. Well, congratulations on that. Thank you, thank you. Um, it's it's always exciting to to have friends that are coming out. And, you know, you're going to have something else now in a published. So your resume. It's up by one. It's up by one, yes. Yeah, well. And that's very cool. And, well, what got you started on that was me saying that it's tempting to do short stories. You know, I'm supposed supposed to be working on Convict. Uh, I have been doing everything but that lately, including working on my jewelry and stuff like that that I do. Um, but I, ha- I really have to get back to it because I really want to get back to it and get it done. It's like It's like a weight hanging over my head now. I want to get it going again because I know once I get into it, I'll have fun doing it, and then you know, then it won't feel that way. But it is so tempting uh, because th- thoughts come into my head. I'm sure just as they do for you, and I think, God, that'd be a great short story. I should write that, you know. And yes. and I'll almost sit down and do it, and I'll go, No, if you're gonna write anything, write convict. Right. Work on that. Get that done first. Uh, but I do, I do find myself going there a lot. Well, again, and this isn't an intentional plug for your audiobook, but I am <laughs> so looking forward to putting that together. I It'll think be fun. It'll be fun, yeah. I'll, I'll be happy to do it, too. I, you know, like I told you, I, I've done that before. I've, I've read to take uh, three science books, as right. a matter of fact, biology, anatomy, and chemistry. That was a real labor of love. Well, maybe we can take this extra room, and maybe Lacey will let us do it. Just convert it, and I can go buy some, um, what is that crate? A crate? Mm-hmm. Put some A crate up on the walls, bring the desk in there, bring the mic in there, so you can have crystal clear, mm. you know. Interesting, yeah, because up. what the hell did I do? I did it at the college. Um... I think I just did it with a tape recorder in a quiet room, you know, budget, budgetary constraints, right. as it were, at the community college. Unfortunately, because we're going to be selling these products. Yeah, we do want it to be more professional. You're right. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I guess what? We're done. I was going to say, we survived this week. We did. And we survived this show. Considering the fact we didn't really have anything planned... But then we really never do have any. No. Uh, we don't. You sometimes have something planned. Well, I never know what's coming. I got up this morning. I checked my email. I checked Jason's email. There's no. And it wasn't I'm any. like, come on, guys. Not a word. Um, I'm not I'm, a. We hate you. We love you. Not I'm expecting a... next week's. Uh, not not our next week, but uh, their next. Week. Their next week. I'm expecting emails to come in. What did we talk about? That is with Lacey. That is when you and Lacey sat down at the show. Ah. Um, and I, I'm trying to work her in. That's something else that I want to do is... I would I would love to do a podcast with her about what she and I were sitting here talking about when you said that. That would be fun. 
And I, I think that would go over really well. Um, she's she's warming up to you. And I to her. And we becoming good buds. Yes. Yes. And I, I think that you guys would be a fantastic pair or a fantastic match to yeah. do a podcast. Yeah. Well, we think alike, she and I, and and, uh, and we're comfortable enough with our friendship that we can pretty much say it like it is and not worry about, oh, my God, did I insult her or right. whatever. Right, right. You know, which is a, a comfortable thing to have in a friendship. That's nice. So... So we'll see what happens, but yeah, next week is the the psychics and the spirits and, and all that, which you guys talked about. I I was actually out running after the kid. I mean, I brought you guys in, you know, I said what we think. But then, for the majority of the show, I was out chasing the kid, and you two were talking. Yes. And I, I went back and listened to it, and it was a fantastic episode. Oh, cool. Cool. Well, I hope the listeners think so, too. So I think we'll get emails there. Hopefully some son of a bitch is going to croak this week. I'm Well, yeah, there's always that possibility. Somebody famous. We all know a lot yeah. of people that have died uh, that aren't famous. Yeah, because... Not that that should matter, but in any case... Well, I need content. I'm hoping... I know. I'm hoping that... Uh, well, maybe we should change it from famous people that died to anybody that died. I don't know. I'm hoping that we'll hear some some responses from the asshole drivers out there that I have said, please tell me what's going on in your head when you drive like an idiot, because I really want to understand. That episode hasn't gone up yet. It hasn't yet. Well, that's that why point. we haven't heard from them yet. Yes. Get that one out there, because I really want to hear from them. I'm hoping that will generally generate a lot of email, because I suspect, <clears throat> that some of you may be among our listeners. And I really would like to know what the fuck you think. Yes. I love that fact. That's mm. great. All right, kids. That's it for this week. I'm David K. Montoya. And I am Miss Cindy Burbank. And you heard what we think. So now you know. Good night. Good night. Okay, so you see, we have the hypoglycemia attack. And you're working in the postal service. Yeah. That's when you start gunning people down. And then you have to get a job at Google Doodle. With a crayon. With a crayon. <laughs> yes. Because you're not allowed to have sharp objects anymore. Okay, I see how they're connected. Oh, hey, we're back. Oh, dude, did you flip that on? I must have. Oh, man. That's, wow. Fascinating. <laughs> that was an awesome, awesome thing. Oops. Yeah. Let's just go to our next segment. Okay. What do we, we got? And this one is from another old show called Saturday Segments. Number 14, I think it's the last episode, actually. April 13th, 2013, Larry comes to us this week with stories of the 60-year-old Japanese super monster, Godzilla. I I love me some giant lizards stomping through Tokyo. No doubt. Yeah, there is a... I picked up a magazine. It was a horror magazine, and they actually broke down all the Godzilla movies from the original right up to... It wasn't... It did not... It stopped that the the new reboot, and I'm just like, oh, and they they didn't talk about the North American version because nobody, nobody wants to talk about that one. <laughs> yeah, but it was just like just going through and went, oh, I remember watching all of these on Saturday morning creature features yep. out of Detroit, and I'm just going, damn, it's bringing back so many cool memories. I used to watch that and Ultraman. Yeah. 
And Johnny Sacco. Johnny Sacco. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Do you remember, uh, what's the other one? Um, Star Blazers? I don't remember that, that one. That was the, like the big uh, space battleship Yamoto. Did you ever see that one? Was that a cartoon? Yeah. Oh, I remember something like that called Battle of the Planets. No. No? Yeah, maybe. Anyways. They had like the, the one was a duckbill and... Yeah. Chubby guy with the, the cape. No, 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 no. no. Uh, those are, that was the Phoenix. Uh, yeah. Five. Yeah. Uh, that, this is a different one. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I don't remember that one. Uh, I'll have to try and find out. No, I got to watch that too. It was fun. I liked it. Okay. I said I was a big fan of the, uh, it was different animation when it came from Japan. And I said it wasn't the, the Hanna-Barbera. Mm-hmm. Walter oh, Walter Lance Woody Woodpecker. Oh yes, that's great. Anything Chuck Jones? Yes. Yeah. Oh, Chuck Holy, Jones. we are so off topic. Yes, we are. Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> Let's let Larry have his time here. Okay. <laughs> Hello again. This is your friendly neighborhood podcast uh, personality, Larry Walton. I welcome you to another edition of Saturday Segments. First of all, if I start sniveling or anything like that just let you know that I have allergies uh, this is a bad time of year for me because I suffer from allergies really bad so if I hit the sniffle uh, please forgive me I've had these I get these every spring so uh, with that in mind uh, I'm going to talk about a few things today most of you know that We've had a couple of people uh, who passed away recently, one being Annette Funicello. Um, she just passed away a few days ago at the age of 70. If you are a baby boomer, or if you remember the Mickey Mouse Club uh, back in the early, the mid-50s, uh, 1955, you will remember uh, Annette being on the Mickey Mouse Club. I believe at the time she was 12 years old when she started, and I believe she was on the Mickey Mouse Club for I think it was on for four years, from 1955 to 1959. And then after that, it went into uh, syndication. And I believe that's when I started, I actually started watching it before that. I was only like two years old in 1955, so I must have been about hmm, five or six when I remember watching it all the time. She appeared uh, in other Disney movies, one being... Um, the Shaggy Dog with Fred McMurray and I believe Tommy Kirk and then later on she was in another Disney movie called The Monkey's Uncle and I believe uh, I can't remember who all was in that one but I believe it was also Tommy Kirk was in that one too. Then later on most of you probably remember her in the uh, Beach Party movies. The first one being uh, Beach Party. She starred uh, with Frankie Avalon. Then I believe there were like four of the three other movies she was in uh, with the same uh, beach party theme. But after that, her career kind of went uh, down, well, down, not downhill, but she wasn't uh, making any movies just like she was. I know she came back later on, <coughs> excuse me, uh, in 1986 with uh, Frankie Avalon. Uh, in a, I think it was a TV movie called Back to the Beach. And believe, I believe at that time she was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And that's the illness that took her life uh, just a few days ago. She really never talked about it. She kind of kept it 
from the public. But in 1995, I believe, Frankie Avalon made an appearance on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. And then at that time, he told the audience as well as... Uh, Basically, <clears throat> people who watched The Tonight Show that that had multiple sclerosis, so it became public public knowledge after that. So anyway, um, if you also remember, uh, if you were a, a boy, like I was during that time, and you probably had a crush on Annette, like I she was every I think she was like every boy's dream. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> a lot of people, a lot of, especially males of my age. Uh, had a crush on Annette. So anyway, uh, I just wanted to mention her briefly, uh, her passing away. It was sad, you know, what she went through with her multiple sclerosis, and uh, <clears throat> she will be missed. So uh, rest in peace, Annette. We all will miss you. Okay, moving on. Um, let's see. Let's start out with the week in, let's uh, start out with this week in gossip. Uh, first up, Breaking Bad star stolen script actually helped our show. It says here. Um, it says uh, <clears throat> Breaking Bad script that was stolen from Brian Cranston's car actually gave the show a huge edge in the final season. So says one of its biggest stars. Actor I can't pronounce his name. Gino Carlo Esposito who plays the villain Gus Fring had an interesting theory about things that appear disastrous at first glance, but actually turn out to be huge positives. And the script, the stolen script, is a prime example. Uh, Charles Baker, aka Skinny Pete, had a different theory. He says that where an episode from the final season was stolen out of Cranston's Audi earlier this month in Albuquerque. He even called 911. Uh, a man named Xavier McAfee had been arrested in connection with the case, but the script was never recovered. Okay, let's talk about Sylvester Stallone. Um, apparently a contractor is being sued by Sylvester Stallone over a construction project gone bad and is now lashing out uh, himself. Claiming in the new do legal documents the actor abused his dog and threatened to blow the contractor's head off. Mohammed Hadid just got a temporary restraining order against Sly claiming the Rocky star walked up to the court, pushed him and threatened him, and saying, I'm, I'm gonna kill you, mother, blah, 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 blah. So, uh, Sylvester Stallone is going to trial with his legal war against Hadid, claiming he was contractor royal, the contractor royally screwed up his house, to the tune of 1.4 million dollars, calling him an unscrupulous, unlicensed predator. ID claims his new legal documents while he was working on Sly's house, he witnessed the actor fly off with a fit of rage, at time grabbing his dog by the neck and throwing it into his cab. 
into its crib. Hadid also claims Sly threatened to smash his head with a baseball bat. And there's also other allegations. Hadid said Sly once told them, get these dirty Mexicans out of here or I will blow your head off. So, okay. So, it says, uh, Sloan's lawyer, Marty Singer, said the actor was never notified of a hearing for a restraining order. Adding Sly's trial is about to begin and it's just a desperate attempt to smear him. Singer says he took Hadid's deposition last week and asked about all the conversations he had with Sly. And no threats were ever mentioned. So Singer said, this is a desperate attempt by a man who wants to be a media star, which is why he's a guest star on Shaw's of Sunset. Okay. <laughs> that was interesting. So, it's like Simone, Mr. Salone's been going to court over a botched job on his house. So, we will see how that turns out. Oh, you know, did you hear that? Although Michael Jackson's been dead for years now, a few years, his intense and decades long addiction to powerful prescription drugs will be the front and center of his family's wrongful death trial, which kicks off, uh, since here today, but I believe this is last week. Catherine Jackson and Michael's third kid, and three kids are suing AEG Live, claiming the company's, company negligently hired and supervised Dr. Conrad Murray, who killed Michael Jackson with a massive overdose of Propolo. Pro-polo. Pro-polo. <laughs> Pro-polo. Pro-polo, yeah. It says here, uh, TMZ broke the story after Michael Jackson's death, revealing <clears throat> how Jackson had at least 19 aliases to score prescription drugs from various doctors. It was also known in L.A. and Beverly Hills medical circles that Michael Jackson would doctor shop to find professionals who would open their surgery centers to give him propofol. The doctors and dentists would justify the drug by saying they needed to put him under for minor procedures such as acne removal. They reported in one case a a famed doctor used a gynecologist's office run by a doctor who specialized in vaginal rejuvenation to perform minor acne treatment under full anesthesia. The Jackson family will argue AEG Live had a duty to monitor Murray. The problem is Jackson's the one who found Murray in the first place and that Murray administered propofol long before the doctor signed on to the this is it to her. AEG has a slew of doctors on witness list to make the case that Jackson's addiction was in full bloom long before it entered the picture. Excuse me. Catherine and the kids are asking for more than 40 million in damages. Wow. So that's an ongoing thing still. 
he's been dead, I don't know how many years, a couple years now, and all this, uh, all this is still going on, uh, so we'll see how that turns out. As the saga of Michael Jackson continues. Okay. <clears throat> Let's see. So, um, this week was strong for moviegoers at the box office as it made a total of $93 million. So let's see what movies took the biggest chunk of the pie. Number one, G.I. Joe Retaliation. Um, looks like $51 million. Number two, The Crudes, uh, $88.9 million. Tyler Perry's Temptation, $21.6 million. Olympus has fallen, $54.9 million. Oz the Green Powerful, $198 million. That's doing pretty good, actually. Sounds like. The Host, $10.6 million. The Call, $39.6 million. Admission, $11.7 million. And Spring Breakers, $10.1 million. And then the incredible Burt Wonderstone at 20.6 million. So looks like um, uh, the Oz the Green Powerful, that's in its fourth week already. Um, let's see, it made. $11.7 million. Uh, the total, those are all the totals uh, of the movies that they've made so far. So it's made uh, close to $200 million already for just in four weeks. So we will continue watching that. G.I. Joe Retaliation. Uh, my daughter just saw that the other day and she said it was really good. I guess there's a part right there what she didn't want to tell me about. So I just kind of left it that way. <laughs> so anyway, we will see uh, what conspires. Alrighty then. Um, now we're going to talk about some DVDs uh, that are out now. Number, the first one is Killing Them Softly. It's rated R. Uh, Brad Pitt is in it. Scoot McNary. Ben Mendelsohn. James Gandolfini. And Richard Jenkins. Okay, that. It sounds like um, it says here when three mob, three dumb guys rob a high stakes card game under protection by the local mob that wrecks the local criminal economy and the mob enforcer springs into action. That's what that's about. Number two, Zero Dark Thirty. That's number two. Um, number three, Argo. That one stars Ben Affleck, as you know. Number four, the collection DVD. Uh, number four. Let's see. It sounds <clears throat> when Alina's friend takes her to a secret party at an undisclosed location. 
she never imagined she would become the latest victim of the collector, a psychopathic killer. The, the collector kidnaps and transports her to an abandoned hotel. He's transformed into his own private maze of torture and death. Uh, upon hearing, learning of his daughter's disappearance, Lena's wealthy father hires a group of mercenaries to retrieve her from the vicious grip of the collector. That's number four. Number five, Rise of the Guardians. I haven't seen that one yet. Um, the sunlight might be pretty good though. Skyfall. That um, my daughter bought the other day. I want to see this movie. I've been saying I want to see it for a long time, so now I'll be able to. I may watch it over the weekend. Number seven is Chasing Mavericks. Number eight, Wreck-It Ralph. Number nine, Lincoln. Number ten, Playing for Keeps. Number... Okay, that's it. <laughs> so that's the ones that are out now. Um, so if you're in the mood this weekend and want to go see a movie at the theater or Redbox, uh, go for it. Like I said, I plan on seeing... Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Watch my train of thought. Uh, Skyfall. Also, um, if you're interested, um, there's a Batman animated movie called Return of the Dark Knight. It's in two parts. I bought part one, I just need to get part two. And it looks pretty good. I know there's a female Robin in this one. Um, and what I gather is Batman comes out of retirement to fight, I believe it's the Joker. And I believe it's Two-Face. I'm not sure. I'll have to uh, look at it and see exactly what it's about. Okay, so these are TV. These are from the top TV shows. NCIS, over 21 million viewers watched it. Number two, Dancing with the Stars. Um, number three, NCIS Los Angeles. Number four is The Voice on Monday. Uh, Dancing with the Stars results, uh, number five. The Voice on Tuesday was number six. American Idol Wednesday, number seven. 60 Minutes, number eight. Number nine, American Idol Tuesday, number nine. And number 10 was Wichita State, Ohio State game. I believe that was uh, NCAA basketball. Uh, speaking of basketball, <laughs> it looks like the Lakers are going to uh, make it to the playoffs after all. They beat uh, New Orleans on Tuesday, and then they beat uh, Seattle, no, Portland, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, uh, last night. So, it's like there's going to be a good chance that they're going to go to the playoffs, sounds like. They're in the eighth spot right now. So, we'll see how they do, and hopefully they will win and get to the playoffs. So anyway, um, looks like CBS is still the dominant network right now. Uh, American Idol stays solid for Fox. And Tuesday, Wednesday nights claim the number seven and number nine spot. So now I want to talk about someone, or I should say something we're all familiar with, or most of us are anyway. You uh, grew up watching this particular uh, character over the years. His first appearance was back in 1954. He, or I should say, this character made a huge, <laughs> and I emphasize huge, uh, appearance 
in Japan. This character if <clears throat> it's about oh maybe 300 feet tall. He is prehistoric. He is the result of atomic test. <clears throat> okay, I give up. I'll tell you. I'll tell you this. It's Godzilla. Okay. He's been around for it'll be 60 years next year. Um, <clears throat> they're right now in production making a new a new Godzilla movie. It is supposed supposed to be out next May. It will be 60 years next year. The first one came out in 1954. Let me see here. Um, let's see. I gave you some spe specifics. Uh, fictional mutant dinosaur. First appearance was in 1954. Last appearance was in 2004. He is 164 to 320 feet, 320 feet tall, 100 to 600,000 tons. He's a big guy. <laughs> His name in Japanese is Gojira. He is a kaiju, or in Japanese, it's a giant monster. He has appeared in over 28 movies produced by Toho Company. Uh, he's appeared in other numerous media such as video games, novels, comic books, and television series. He is he was conceived actually uh, as a monster created by nuclear detonations and a metaphor for nuclear weapons in general. As the film series expanded, some stories took more or less serious undertones, portraying Godzilla as a hero, while other other plots still portrayed him as a destructive monster. Sometimes the lesser of the two threats who, who play the defender by default, but is still a danger to humanity. So, some movies he was a hero, some movies he's still, uh, a, uh, as destructive. This one will probably be the destructive Godzilla. If you've seen other Godzilla movies, um, um, more or less he was portrayed as the hero monster. Like in, uh, some movies, for example, like, uh, Godzilla vs. Monster Zero, Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla, other movies like that. So mainly those movies, they portray Godzilla as the hero monster. 2005, he came back. Uh, that one he played the uh, destructive monster. There was kind of a comedic one in 1966 called Godzilla vs. Megalon. It was kind of, it was funny. It was, it was, uh, different. You know, it just kind of, uh, determined. Uh, but mostly of them, not too many portrayed him as the, 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 the uh, destructive monster, except for the first one. And then, in 1956, there was an American version of Godzilla, uh, with Raymond Burr, a.k.a. Perry Mason, a.k.a. Ironside. He was the destructive character, the good monster. But I would say, most of them, he it's the hero monster. Anyway, um, let's see. Some of his attributes, uh, his roar and atomic breath, nuclear pulse, magnetic aurora, aura and other powers, injury resistant and healing, physical abilities, radiation, and, and velocity, that means he's amphibious, intelligence, weakness, I just thought of, uh, things there. They described him as a cross between a gorilla and a whale, uh, talking about his size. Uh, his power had aquatic origins, however, and in nearly 60 years since the film's original release, no one claiming to be, no one claiming to be the rumored employee has ever stepped forward and no photographs have ever surfaced. Kimmy always suspected that the man never existed, and she mentioned in a 1998 interview that the backstage boys at the whole left to joke around with tall story. His name is written in 
Magogana or Gojira, where the kanji are used for phonetic value and not meaning. It says here, although his appearance has changed over the years, many of his characteristics have remained constant. His roar has remained the same, only changing in pitch. Godzilla's approximate appearance, regardless of the design of the suit, utilized for the creature remains the same general shape, which is instantly recognizable. A giant bipedial mutant dinosaur with rough, buffy scales that change color throughout the movies, usually dark gray or black, and a powerful tail, and jagged blue or dark purple dorsal fins. Godzilla's iconic character design is blended, inspired by various prehistoric reptiles. Gleaned from children's dinosaur books and illustrations from an issue of Life magazine, Godzilla's the head. Godzilla has the head and lower body of a Tyrannosaurus, a triple row of dorsal foot plates, reminiscent of a Stegosaurus, the neck and forearms of an iguana and the tail and skin textures of an alligator. <clears throat> um, I want to talk, I want to talk mainly, uh, uh, just describing, um, Just basically talk about, you know, <clears throat> um, oh, his most notable abilities is his, his atomic breath, a powerful heat ray of fire from his mouth. Godzilla is also depicted as being resistant to damage thanks to a tough hide and an advanced healing factor, which itself became a focal point in Godzilla versus. By Alante in Godzilla 2000. Uh, and I remember Godzilla 2000, they took us, I think, one of the scales and we're trying to figure out what made him resistance to, uh, reserve, to uh, missiles and, and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, uh, if you want to know about his war, uh, his war. Uh, it was created by Akira Infukubi. Uh, he produced the sound by rubbing a resin-covered leather glove along the loose strings of, of double bass and the slowing down the, and slowing down the playback. Um, like I said, his war his war has still remained the same. Uh, sometimes it'll change in pitch, but mostly uh, it has, it has uh, remained the same. Uh, uh, his atomic breath. Uh, I guess you, I guess you know that when he's ready to use his atomic breath, his dorsal fin glow and he lets loose with a stream of radioactive fire from his jaws. Uh, the color of the ray corresponds to the glowing of his fins. It says here about the oxygen destroyer, if you remember the first movie. Uh, it was a chemical compound designed to remove all oxygen from water, causing living creatures to die of asphyxiation as their remains are liquefied. The oxygen destroyer was the first and in many ways the only weapon to come close to defeating Godzilla. However, this was 
uh, reckoned in the Millennium series in Godzilla vs. Megasaurus. Megasaurus. Uh, Godzilla survived and retreated from the Oxygen Destroyer, only to return in 1966 in Godzilla, Mothra, and King Ghidra. Giant monsters all out attack. Godzilla was killed, but his body remained to be possessed by the restless dead of the Pacific War. The original Godzilla bones were not dissolved and were used to make you to destroy another Godzilla. Okay. Um, some of the other uh, foes, Mechagodzilla, um, he was a, robo a, re a, re a robotic imposter. Um, he came from outer space. Uh, he uh, also went on a rampage through Japan, and Bella got and even battled Godzilla's longtime ally and Garrus. Uh, they made uh, you see. I think like three or four different uh, movies with uh, Mechagodzilla. Let's see, here is uh, Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla 2. Uh, Godzilla against Mechagodzilla. Um, let's see, I'm trying to find some other things here. Godzilla SOS, Godzilla Tokyo SOS, that's another one. Here we go. I'm trying to find some interesting facts here. Back in 1978, uh, Hanna-Barbera put out a Saturday morning car cartoon called Godzilla. Uh, he had a cousin named Godzuki. <laughs> um, and then there's another one. Uh, it was on Fox Kids called. It was called. Uh, Another one, uh, and there is another one, just different ones all together. Uh, Marvel Comics uh, made some comic books of Godzilla, Dark Horse Comics, uh, IDW Publishing made some comics. There's also a, uh, I believe it's a magazine. Uh, I think it comes out monthly about Godzilla. Um, I've seen a few of the issues. Um, they're pretty interesting if you're interested. I cannot think of the, the magazine offhand, but I remember it. I will tell you next time because uh, I can't think of it right now. <laughs> it's cultural impact. Um, the most recognizable symbols of Japanese pop culture. Worldwide and remains an important facet of Japan Japanese films, embodying the kaiju subset of the tokusatsu genre. He has been considered a, film a filmographic metaphor 
from the United States as well as an allegory of nuclear weaponry in general. The earlier films, especially original, portrayed as, portrayed Godzilla as a frightening nuclear monster. He represented the fears that many Japanese held about the nuclear attacks on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And as the series progressed, so did Godzilla, changing into a less destructive and more heroic character as the films became geared towards children. Since then, the character has fallen somewhat in the middle, <clears throat> sometimes portrayed as a protector of the world from external threats, and other times as a bringer of destruction. He remains one of the greatest fictional heroes in the history of film, uh, and also the second of only three fictional characters <clears throat> to have won the MTV Lifetime Achievement Award. 1996. Movies, uh, Godzilla 1954, the next year was God, Godzilla Raids Again, 1955, and then 1962 with King Kong vs. Godzilla, 1964 Mothra vs. Godzilla, uh, Ghidorah the Three-Headed Monster, 1964, Invasion of the Astro Monster, 1965. Godzilla vs. the Sea Monster, 1966. Son of Godzilla, 1967. Destroy All Monsters, 1968. All Monsters Attack, 1969. Godzilla vs. Hidora, 1971. Godzilla vs. Gaigan, 1972. Godzilla vs. Megalon, 1973. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. I'm sorry. I think it was the 60s. That's the one. Kind of the comedic one. Uh, Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla, 1974. <coughs> Terra Mechagodzilla, 1975. The Return of Godzilla, 1984. Yeah, I remember that one. Godzilla vs. Biollante, 1989. Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah, 1991. Godzilla vs. Mothra, 1992. Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla, number 2, 1993. Godzilla vs. Space Godzilla, 1994. Godzilla vs. Destroya, 1995. And then Godzilla 2000. Uh, Godzilla vs. Megasaurus, 2000. Godzilla, Mothra, and King Ghidorah. Giant monsters as as on attack. Oh, all on attack. 2001. Godzilla against Mechagodzilla 2002. Godzilla Tokyo SOS 2003. And the last one was uh, Final War 2004. Up to now, uh, it'll be like 10 years since the last Godzilla movie was made. American films, uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters, 1996, Godzilla 1998, and Godzilla 1914. So anyway, uh, it goes on to related films. Uh, you see uh, Kaiju, or Giant Monster, Godzilla, and Garrus Rodan. Rodan was a uh, pterodactyl, I believe. Yeah. Uh, 
พิงของโอโลโอโลโคแมนดาทีกิดระทีกิดระ the three three headed monster Baragon, Ibarra, Mecha, Mecha, Mechanicog, Mechanicom, Gorgosaurus, I can't pronounce it, Kama, Chorus, Kuma Mongo, Minula, that's a sun, Hidora, Gigan, Jet Jaguar, Megalon, King Caesar, Mechagodzilla, Titanosaurus, Batra, Space Godzilla, Destroya, Godzilla Jr., American Godzilla, Orca, and Megasaurus. <laughs> okay. Uh, let me see here. That's about basically it. Yeah. Um, just wanted to briefly tell you about Godzilla and the movies he was in. Um, Twenty-eight movies. This will be the number twenty-ninth one, I believe. Let me see. Um, try to see something else here. Uh, um, that's about it, really. Um, <clears throat> I've always liked Godzilla. Uh, the first time I saw Godzilla was on TV. Uh, kind of scared me a little bit. But later on, it just... Uh, I thought he's cool. <laughs> uh, um, a little bit about the franchise. Uh, the one in 1956 with Raymond Burr became a commercial success. The original Godzilla was greatly inspired by the commercial success of 1952's re-release of King Kong and the 1953 success of Beast with 20,000 Fathoms. Godzilla would go on to inspire Gorgo, Gamera, Cloverfield, and many others. The original film has also inspired many sequels along with an American remake and an American robot of the franchise. The popularity of the films was introduced to character and other media in the franchise such as television, music, Literature, including a series of books, comics, <clears throat> along with video games, its character has been one of the most recognizable symbols in Japanese popular culture. Worldwide, it remains an important facet of Japanese films, and was the first example of the tokusatsu genre. After Godzilla Final Wars was done, Toho decided to retire the character for an undetermined amount of time. Toso also demolished the water stage on its huge lot 
by a slot used in numerous Godzilla movies. Uh, and there 2020, okay, 2010, Legendary formally announced that the project, after it's been acquired rights to make Godzilla film for Toho, the film co-production of Warner Brothers, which is also co-financing the film. Legendary said the film would not be, would be a sequel to the 1998. Thank goodness. <laughs> and announced a theatrical release date of May 16, 2014 in 3D, nearly a decade after Toho Godzilla Final Wars. IMAX announced that the film would also be released in IMAX 3D on May 16, 2014. Legendary also announced that the film is to be distributed worldwide by Warner Brothers, except in Japan, where it will be distributed by Toho. During the final months of 2012-2013, Legendary set about casting the film, eventually signing Aaron Taylor Johnson, Ken Watanabe, Elizabeth Olsen, Juliet Minoshi, David Strathairn, and Brian Cranston as principal casting. Uh, filming started last month. In and around Vancouver, Washington. In and around Vancouver, Canada. So. Okay. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, yeah, it's been, it's been uh, almost 10 years. So, I am looking forward to this new Godzilla movie. Like I said, thank goodness it's not going to be a sequel to the 1988 movie. <laughs> Just, uh, the 1998 movie, it was good. Um, uh, if you remember, it started, uh, <laughs> I just, I just lost my train of thought. Uh, I can't think of his name now. I know, you know who it is, so, uh, but yeah, it, it was okay. It wasn't the greatest, uh, effects were good, um, the plot was good, but just didn't look like Godzilla um, at all. So anyway, I'm looking forward to this new Godzilla movie coming out in next year. Uh, like I mentioned, it's in production right now, started last month. And it should be it'll be released next May. 
so I'm leaving that date open to see it. So anyway, um, this is my uh, concluding for today, my podcast. I hope you enjoyed it, and if you get, did not get bored, uh, make sure you check out our other podcast, uh, jzoman.com. They run from Monday through Saturday. Uh, at different times. Uh, usually in the afternoon, that's probably, I think it is, uh, that we brought, that they're, uh, that they go on the air, or on the air, listen to me. So if you have uh, iTunes, or an iPad, or Android, uh, you can listen to these podcasts. So, until next time, This is Larry Walton, signing off, and we will see you next week. Until then, ta-ta. Well, there's a tangent. Exactly. Gotta stay on target. Stay on target. (laughs) My Star Wars mantras kicking in here. But that was excellent. I like the whole Godzilla aspect of that. Retrospective? Retro, there we go. Uh I have troubles with flashbacks. You knew what it was? I'm finally not hung over from three weeks ago. Oh, that's yeah, it. You're on your game. My word machine's <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> well, that's it for another episode. Oh, yeah, it is, isn't it? It is. Well, well, we'll hurry back for next week to watch three more. Watch three more. Again, this is an audio podcast. Explains why I stare at the screen and nothing happens. Well, let's see, at least I got the waveform going for I can I got nothing. I got a picture of Larry staring me in the face right now. Yeah. All right. Okay, let's wrap this up. <laughs> all righty. We will see you all next week. All right. So this has been Mike and Rob for Flashback Fridays. And we'll see you soon. Bye bye. See ya.